MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. Their names mean championships. Vince Lombardi, Babe Ruth, Bill Russell, and in racing, Richard Petty. Those men are the best of the best. But today in Phoenix, Arizona, another racer could take the next step towards his sport's highest honor. Dale Earnhardt could win his fifth NASCAR Winston Cup championship here this afternoon, placing him just two titles shy of Petty's seventh. Earnhardt is proud, but still somewhat disbelieving. It's going to be a record uh, sort of stand-by-yourself type thing, you know. Uh, five championships uh, behind Richard Petty and with seven. And they, what it, it puts us in a little bit closer distance of Richard, of, of, uh, realistically saying in the next 10 years you could win two more championships in time at least. This afternoon, the NASCAR Winston Cup Series is visiting the Valley of the Sun, Phoenix, Arizona. The Pyroyal 500 from the Phoenix International Raceway is next. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the South's number one headache powder. Good afternoon, everyone, from the Phoenix International Raceway. Talk about beautiful weather. It has been absolutely gorgeous since we came in here on Thursday afternoon, Eli Gold. And, of course, uh, the place is jammed as anticipated. I don't... The... um Reserve seats, I understand, have been sold out for several weeks. There is a mountain off to our left, which is to the east end of the speedway, that has perhaps, what, ten or 12,000 folks sitting up there among the cacti watching the activities here this afternoon. Exactly so. That's the mountain we were talking about on our broadcast last week from Martinsville. They get Perry Sundust, who is the head of the security for the Gila Indian Reservation, which is just the other side of the mountain, and he and a host of his uh, helpers get out there and start clearing the snakes away throughout the course of this week, and once they give the all clear the racing fans flock to that mountain and it's one of the very best viewing areas here at phoenix international raceway if you're not familiar with this racetrack well phoenix first opened to full-bodied stock cars if you will back in 1977 a couple of jim stacy's old race cars with neil bonnet and kale yarborough at the wheel were here and then of course from those years 1977 through about 1984 the winston west series made this a regular stop on their circuit and of course over the last Last number of years, the Winston Cup cars have been here with Alan Kowicki, Bill Elliott, and Dale Earnhardt winning the 1988, 89, and 1990 renewals of this 500-kilometer, 312-mile race. But with that history behind us, the emphasis today is Dale Earnhardt's chase for his fifth Winston Cup championship. Actually, there will be three stories that we'll certainly pursue as the afternoon goes by. The main story will be, can Dale Earnhardt clinch the Winston Cup championship here this afternoon with the right kind of finish between himself and Ricky Rudd, he could do that. Of course, there's still no wins for some of the big names in NASCAR. Mark Martin and Morgan Shepard, two of the cars that have yet to go to victory lane. And the Winston West Championship also will be settled here this afternoon between West Coast driver Bill Smith and Bill Sedgwick. We'll be back in just a moment. We're back at the Phoenix International Raceway. The drivers right now making their way down to the cars to climb aboard and get ready to go here very shortly in the race here this afternoon. It's a very difficult racetrack. It's a one-mile speedway, and as Eli touched on there just a moment ago, it is a little bit flat. Uh, It doesn't really compare to too many tracks at NASCAR. I guess, Eli, the guys you've talked to pretty much say that it's like a lot like Milwaukee, but it's not an easy racetrack at all. 
It's a sweeping racetrack with wide sweeping turns, but it's not easy because the back straightaway is not truly a straightaway either. There's a, a mini dog leg, if you will, in the middle of that back stretch. We'll talk more about that as our afternoon continues. But why don't we get trackside right now and meet some of the drivers who are getting cinched up in their race cars for today's Pyroyal 500. Jeff Bodine has 167,200 reasons why he would like to win the race from the pole today because the Unical Challenge, which goes to the pole sitter should he win the race will pay that bonus $167,200 standing by with the pole sitter is Dick Brooks from Woodruff South Carolina well Jeff Bodine sitting in the car he's all ready to go Jeff you got two more races one here and one uh, in Atlanta in this car and then you're going to change teams you've got $167,000 of additional Unical money to take home and that'll make a bus payment or two and uh, all those things riding on this thing today here you are on the pole what are you going to do today just run as hard as I can. Uh, <laughs> that's all we can do. These guys are all breathing down our necks. Uh, Bill, I just beat him just a little bit for the pole, and Mark and everyone behind us is running really good, so it won't be a runaway for anybody. I'd like to get this Budweiser Thunderbird out front and just stay there all day, but uh, it might not happen or it might, but we're going to try to win, and uh, the bonus would be nice, but just winning a race, another race for Junior before I leave for Flossie uh, for this Budweiser team would be great. That's my job. Another day at the office. Well, he's going to be coming down towards Spartanburg down there where I live and uh, uh, for next year and uh, kind of look forward to seeing him down there once in a while. This team's had a little problems this year and uh, bumping and banging around or whatever a little bit, but uh, they're on a pole here today, and uh, he feels pretty pumped, I think. I think he's got a good chance to win this race. Of course, the battle we talked about, the Winston Cup Point Championship, will boil down this afternoon. It could be clinched by Dale Earnhardt here this afternoon if he has the right kind of finish and between himself and Ricky Rudd. Jim Phillips of Newport, Tennessee, is standing by with Dale. It's been a good year for Dale Earnhardt. Four wins, 13 times in the top five, 19 in the top ten, but you could sweeten that pot even more today with your fifth championship. Will you play a little bit more conservative, though, since you have two races to do it? Well, I don't know. We didn't get a good qualifying run like we'd hoped. We'd come out here last week and tested, and we felt like we was in good shape to run good. Uh, I don't know. We just have to see what we can do here during the race. I don't know if we can uh, go to the front right off, but uh, we're going to work our way up there and try to lead some of the race, get some points. This racetrack is very difficult to pass on since it's not particularly has two straightaways, only one real straightaway. Well, really, really, uh, the you know, we we don't really worry about that. The D-shaped racetrack's not a problem. We, you know, run run through the back straightaways, running through the race, racetrack, uh, you know. Richard's talking to me on the radio. I can't, I can't understand you. Okay, that's Dale Earnhardt. He's going after his fifth championship today in the Goodrich Chevrolet. Of course, the Winston Cup championship in 1991 is worth approximately $1.3 million in postseason earnings. The man who is currently second and, for that matter, has to battle both to hang on to second spot while he also chases down the point leader is Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia. He is standing by with the third member of our pit coverage crew here today, Winston Kelly from Denver, North Carolina. While it's been a good year for Dale Earnhardt, also a good year for Ricky Rudd. Ricky, mathematically, you still have an opportunity that you can catch Dale Earnhardt. Now, how about how do you approach the, the day today? Do you worry about points, or do you just race the racetrack and the other drivers? Well, I think today we just pretty much go out there and race. You know, we got Davey breathing right down our necks, and uh, uh, we've got to do something to try to hold him off. Uh, you know, the only way we're going to beat Dale, I guess, is if uh, he has some kind of major problem early in the race, and 
you know, it's not over till it's over. Uh, the mathematic uh, possibilities, we're still a real good chance of, of pulling it off. So we haven't given up yet, but we got to worry about Davey also. How about this racetrack? You haven't had as good a luck here with an average finish of only 29th. How's the car running today? Well, it's been one of those racetracks we've really run good. Uh, we, we came out here in the first race, the inaugural race, and dominated. It had about a straightaway lead with about 15 laps to go, and the engine went sour on us. And it's always been a track where we've run well at. So uh, the finishing position hasn't reflected, I guess, the way these teams have performed for us. But, uh, you know, today's a new day, and the car's running well, so we just have to put it up there and see where we end up. Lined up directly behind Dale Earnhardt's Chevrolet. Ricky Rudd will start the Tide Chevrolet in 14th this afternoon. I think a lot of pressure in, some, in one sense is off Ricky Rudd and his team because they know that Dale Earnhardt almost has to make a mistake or the team has to have some awfully bad luck for them to win the Winston Cup championship. So they're going to go out there and uh, kind of pull out the stop, so to speak, and really get down to business. On the other hand, Mark Martin last year came into Phoenix this, uh, next to the last race of the year with a good chance to win his first Winston Cup championship. And this, things kind of turned sour from here on this year. been a strange year for Mark Martin and his team, and they have yet to win a race. Let's get his thoughts right now. Let's go back down to Dick Brooks. Well, Mark does run good on this kind of racetrack. He runs good here, and at, uh, last year he was in a good shape to win the championship. This year it's been a little bit different. Mark, you're going to have to win a race here in the next two, or uh, it's going to go a winless year. Well, that's really right, Dick. Uh, the Folgers Thunderbird has been really good since Charlotte, everywhere we've run, so uh, we feel real good about today's chances. The car's working excellent. Well, he's sitting in the car, and all, just like all the rest of these guys, they're... Uh, They've only got two races to make their mark this year, and uh, so far they haven't done it. But I think he's ready. Mark Martin currently fifth in Winston Cup points. A quick reminder to those of you who might be listening down in the sunshine state of Florida, in just a very short while from now, the NASCAR Winston All-Pro Series will be running the Winston 200 at the DeSoto Speedway in Bradenton, Florida. Their activities began just about 10 minutes ago with a last-chance qualifying race at 2 o'clock Eastern time, so there's still an opportunity for you to head to the DeSoto Speedway in Bradenton, Florida this afternoon for the NASCAR Winston All-Pro Series, Winston 200. We're back at the Phoenix International Raceway. 43 cars are set to take the green flag here this afternoon. Let's take a look at that starting lineup. In 43rd, veteran Herschel McGriff of Bridal Vale, Oregon. Starting 42nd, it's Butch Gilliland of Anaheim, California. Concord, North Carolina's Kenny Wallace will start 41st. 40th is Bobby Hamilton of Nashville, Tennessee. Bill Schmidt, who was in the Winston West Championship battle out of Redding, California, starts 39th. 38th is Michael Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri. He's driving Jimmy Means' car. 37th is Gary Collins of Bakersfield, California. Another Bakersfield driver, Mark Reed, starts 36th. 35th is Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas. Jeff Purvis out of Clarksville, Tennessee, will go 34th. As the command is given to fire the engine, Stanley Smith of Chelsea, Alabama, will start 33rd. 32nd, Mike Chase out of Bakersfield, California. And 31st, Larry Pearson of Spartanburg, South Carolina. In 30th place is Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky. 29th, Randy LaJoy of Norwalk, Connecticut. Starting 28th, Chad Little of Spokane, Washington. 27th is Joe Rutman of Upland, California. 26th position, Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania. Starting 25th is Rick Mast of Rockbridge, Bass, Virginia. From 24th position will be Bill Sedgwick of Van Nuys, California. 23rd is Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. 22nd, Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida. And 21st, Ted Musgrave of Grand Marsh, Wisconsin. 
The top 20 has Richard Petty in 20th spot out of Randleman, North Carolina. Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, starts 19th. 18th is Kyle Petty of Randleman. He is in the 18th spot. 17th will be Dale Jarrett of Conover, North Carolina. Hutch Strickland from Calera, Alabama, starts in 16th. 15th is Ernie Irvin out of Modesto, California. The 14th starter, Ricky Rudd. He hails from Chesapeake, Virginia. Hueytown, Alabama's Davey Allison starts 13th. 12th is Dale Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina. And Darrell Walter of Franklin, Tennessee will go 11th. Look at the top 10 in 10th position. Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri. Starting 9th is Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee. In 8th place, Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York. Starting 7th, Kenny Schrader of Fenton, Missouri. Starting 6th, Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington. 5th place is Alan Kowicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin. 4th, Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina. Starting 3rd, Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas. Starting 2nd, Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia. And we heard from the gentleman on the poll a moment ago, Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York. 43 cars in all. There are 37 Winston Cup drivers. Drivers and six Winston West drivers in the field today. It's a magnificent afternoon, a cloudless sky, and the fans have jammed in to Phoenix International Raceway, the Pyroyal 500. Next. NASCAR Today is produced by MRN Radio and sponsored by Goodies Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. From the Phoenix International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Pyroil 500. Sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer who bring you the Grand Prix GTP with a new twin dual cam V6. Pontiac, we build excitement by Tyson Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR, by True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value Hardware Stores, by Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush light, and by TransSouth, home of the Dash for Cash racing contest. TransSouth, for the right loan, right now. 
We're back at the Phoenix International Raceway. The field has just pulled onto the racetrack. They'll take three laps here before they cut them loose under green this afternoon. Talk a little bit about this racetrack very quickly. It is kind of a flat, V-shaped, one-mile speedway. The speeds here, they carry off into the corner very quick. Some of the drivers say they get up approaching 150 miles an hour plus going off into turns one and two and three and four. It's very difficult to get into turn one. And, Eli, I guess the critical point here is going off into turn number three, uh, the way the D-shape and dog leg swings out in the middle of that backstretch. We've seen a lot of teams have trouble with handling in that particular end of the racetrack, but actually a lot of teams have trouble with handling here, and it's not always on the same spot of this racetrack, so it is a handful for many of these teams. We are not exactly in downtown Phoenix, Arizona, or even uh, within shouting distance. Uh, Goodyear, Arizona is just up the road a piece. There's a little town called Cashin, Arizona on the road signs near here, but the locals tell us that that town doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, Avondale, Arizona is nearby. Santa Maria, Arizona just up the road. In any event, with all of that information, we are at Phoenix International Raceway, getting set for the Pyroyal 500. Two laps remain as the field comes down the pit lane now for the first of their uh, opportunities to check the tax, the tachometer, to see exactly what the speeds will be like making their approach to the pit lanes today. You know, there's not been much tension here, Barney. Everybody has, uh, in large part, conceded this Winston Cup championship to Dale Earnhardt. Although, as Ricky Rudd says, there's certainly a mathematical chance for him to grab it, although Dale would have to have some uh, some bad luck, certainly. So this has been very much everybody for himself. A lot of personal goals on the line here this weekend, as there will be at the Hardy's 500 in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. Not a lot of tension, not a lot of pressure. It's been a, a very light, almost uh, enjoyable vacation-like week for many of the teams out here in the uh, great Southwest. A little bit more laid back than we normally have seen it when it came down to Phoenix the last couple of times we have been here. They have completed one lap. They'll make one more down pit road here to get the speed adjusted, as you said, to making the pit stop according to the speed of the pace vehicle here this afternoon and one more lap will go racing let's take a quick swing around this racetrack for the moment uh, down in turns one and two from Hampton, Virginia to cover the action for us. Let's go down to Joe Moore. Thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everyone. We're on top of the building that houses the VIP suites in turn number one, about four stories up with a great view over the track. But watch the cars entering turns one and two. Practically no banking here, basically about 11 degrees or so, but there's plenty of room for the cars to race side by side. Another oddity for this racetrack from what we're used to, the pit lane does not exit into turn number one. It actually runs along parallel with the racetrack and dumps back into the speed on the back stretch coming off turn number two. There's a grassy area separating the running groove of the racetrack from that exit of pit lane. Turns three and four, bank nine degrees. That's where Alan Bestwick of Daytona Beach, Florida is positioned. On top of the Goodyear pedestrian bridge that crosses the racetrack from the outside wall into the infield. This is the tough part of the racetrack handling because the car doesn't want to turn. There's no banking to catch it. Brakes are important in this part of the racetrack. The drivers tell me they use the brakes to help turn the car through turns three and four. We've got a right guard halfway challenge for you today on lap 156. You've got a chance to win a brand new Pontiac. We'll tell you about that shortly, but right now, as the pace truck pulls down pit road, we're going racing in Phoenix, Arizona. We are down the line. Green flag is out. The final 500 is underway. Off into the corner on the break. Jeff Bonine should be able to get out front all by himself before they hit the turn. Bonine's got the lead, but Mark Martin is challenging Bill Elliott for the second spot, trying to get underneath Elliott, but he's not going to be able to make the move. Elliott jumps around. He grabs second. Martin falls into third, and Harry Gant is fourth. Fifth will be Derek Cobb. Sixth will be Alan Kowicki. The first side-by-side race will be for seventh. Ken Schrader is there, and he's inside of Brett Bodine. Brett Bodine being forced to the outside, coming out of turn number four. He'll keep that line and force Schrader to get back in line in the eighth position, so Brett winning that first battle of the day.
away. Still going on that battle for the seventh position. Schrader comes back up alongside Brent Bodine to try to grab the spot, but Brent gets the good jump off the corner. He'll get by the Ken Schrader car. Bustling his way down the back straightaway, put Schrader back into eighth. Ninth will be Sterling Marlin. Dale Earnhardt runs tenth. All single file. Ricky Rudd is eleventh. Then a race for twelfth between Rusty Wallace and Hutt Strickland. That's a good battle as they come off turn number four. High to the outside goes Hutt Strickland down to the inside of Rusty Wallace. Darrell Walker has thoughts of stacking them three deep before they get down to turn number one. Walker peeks down there but sees he's going to run out of racetrack so he ducks back in line behind the Rusty Wallace car but while he does that on the outside of him comes Ernie Irvin. He moves up on the outside of Waltrip and now alongside Rusty Wallace. Halfway down the back straightaway now already into turn number three. It's Irvin to the outside. He'll not only go by Wallace he'll try and pull up alongside Ricky Rudd. They'll race off turn four. We saw a stop and go penalty from Michael Wallace driving to Jimmy Means car. He passed before the green flag came out and Dick Brooks I don't know if you can see it from your vantage point on Pitt Road, but there are two belts of some sort lying here on the main straightaway, two rubber belts that I would assume came off of two cars as a bunch of traffic went by. Uh, That could signal a problem very early. What might those belts be from? What could likely come loose this early? Well, Eli, the one that's in front of me down here, and I happen to be right in between turns uh, one and two, is uh, looks more like a a belt off the rear end housing that uh, drives one of the cooler pumps. I thought at first when I seen it, it was an oil pump belt, and it may be. From this point, it looks like it's too short for that, though, and uh, probably a pump on the rear end housing that drives the uh, rear end or the cooler pumps for the engine trans- for, the, for the transmission to rear end. Eli, it is an oil pump belt, belt and also an alternator belt that came off the Kenny Wallace car. They're pushing the Team 3 Pontiac behind the wall now. So Dick Brooks is correct. An alternator belt and an oil pump belt off Kenny Wallace's car. That's a bad break for Kenny Wallace and the Team 3 uh, group as they take that car behind the wall right now. Back on the racetrack, Jeff Bodine leads by some 10, 15 car lakes as the field heads up to turn three. Bodine coming up in the back of the Mike Wallace car, going to put Wallace a lap down if he can as they come through three and four. He has about three car lengths over second place, Bill Elliott. The only side-by-side battling right now is in the middle of the pack as Kyle Petty tries to make the move in and around Jimmy Spencer and also in and around the Ted Musgrave car. He makes that pass cleanly and settles back in line. The leaders are in two. Good battle for the 12th spot also as Rusty Wallace and Darrell Waltrip go at it once again. They're side-by-side just ahead of them. Also a good battle. Hunt Strickland there on the outside of the Ernie Irvin car. They're racing for 10th position down the back straightaway and into turn number three. Irvin's going to peek down to the inside. Hutt Strickland is caught up on the outside as he comes in the corner. Urban will have the advantage, but Strickland runs strong off the corner. Ernie Urban had hoped to win the pole here in Phoenix this weekend. He had some problems in qualifying. Right now, he's picking his way up through the field as the leader goes back into turns one and two with still a healthy margin of at least eight or nine car lengths. Jeff O'Dine gets around the lap car of Mike Wallace. Now, finally, second place, Bill Elliott swings by, and Mark Martin likewise makes a move around Wallace. Getting around that lap traffic is given Bodine about seven car lengths of a lead. Mark Martin has closed right in the back of Bill Elliott. Change in eighth position. Sterling Marlin slides by the car of Ken Schrader. That was a nice move on the part of Sterling Marlin. It looked like he was under heavy braking going into turn number three, almost a road course kind of move, as he just jumped on the binders and snuck to the inside of the Schrader car. Here's a 10th place battle again, shaping up with Darrell Waltrip. Everyone's picking on him today. It's Ricky Rudd trying to get by, but Waltrip really outsmarts him, gets a wide swing off turn number two, and goes down onto the apron of the racetrack. He's battling there with Dale Earnhardt. Slips the nose of his Western Auto Chevrolet underneath Earnhardt's. Earnhardt's way to the outside of turn three and four, trying to keep up with Darrell. Darrell Waltrip might be the most aggressive car on the racetrack right now. He's muscled his way in and out and picked up about three positions since they put him under green here this afternoon. He finally gets by Dale Earnhardt. They're back in two. 
two. He's running in the 12th spot now as Earnhardt eyes him down to the inside, coming off turn two. Earnhardt thinks better of it, though. Falls back in line in single file in the back stretch. Couple of spots farther back for 14th and 15th spot. Dale Jarrett trying to put a move on Ricky Rudd. Looks to the outside, drops back in line, single file. Now Rudd slips up high in turn four. Back in 23rd spot, Kyle Petty continues to fall backwards. Oh, Joe Ruckman is out four, of Right shape. behind Kyle Petty, Joe Ruckman and Randy LaJoy get together. LaJoy backs into the outside wall off turn four. Two cars badly bent up as they crash coming through turns three and four. Both cars went sideways. LaJoy's car went all the way to the outside and has hit the outside retaining wall. Joe Ruttman's car is down at the apron of the racetrack, and obviously we're under caution for the first time this afternoon in the Pyroil 500. Ten laps complete, so the caution will come out at lap number ten. Let's go back to turn three. Well, Eli was talking about Kyle Petty having a problem, and that was actually the beginning of this whole accident. Kyle was caught on the outside and had to come out of the throttle. When he came out of the throttle, Ruttman was running right behind him and ducked quickly down to the inside to try and avoid Kyle. Only problem was Randy LaJoy had already committed to that inside groove, and Ruttman and LaJoy got together. The result being LaJoy into the outside wall, and Ruttman's car stopped down to the inside of the racetrack. Those drivers are running 26th and 27th, respectively. We have completed 10 of 312 laps here in Phoenix. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone. With his own nicotine pouches. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. The green flag is flying here at Phoenix International Raceway on the restart. Jeff Bodine leads Bill Elliott, Mark Martin, Harry Gant, Derek Cope, Alan Kulwicki, and Brett Bodine back to turn number one. That's the front seven and eighth now the Sterling Marlin car. Ninth is the Kenny Schrader machine. In the tenth spot now, Hunt Strickland, who's now moving up, getting by the Schrader car, and will challenge Sterling Marlin for eighth. Strickland is using the outside groove the last several times around. That's pretty rare here at Phoenix, but he's making it work farther ahead. Mark Martin is going to try and make the outside work. He's going to challenge Bill Elliott for second. Mark Martin Comes around on the outside, takes that high, wide groove coming out of the corner, gets real close to the wall off the turn, but it pays off for him as he's just moved up into the number two spot as they work back to turns one and two. For a moment, Bill Elliott looks to the inside of Mark Martin to try to grab the spot back and thinks better of it. He'll go back in single file. He'll face a challenge now from Harry Gant, who goes down low. Gant tries to pinch down low on the dog leg on the back straightaway. No room there. He'll fall back in line, single file, looking back to the seventh and eighth positions. That's where Brett Bodine leads Sterling Marlin. They're working to the outside of some lap traffic in turn four. He moves around. 
down the Mike Wallace car. Right behind Sterling Marlin, now Hutch Strickland, then Ken Schrader, followed by Ernie Irvin, Darrell Waltrip. Then the two championship contenders, Earnhardt just ahead of Ricky Rudd. Earnhardt leads Rudd back into the corner. Earnhardt will try to go to the inside of Darrell Waltrip to pick up a spot there. Meanwhile, a good battle in the back straightaway. Derek Cope is working on Alan Kulwicki. That's for the fifth position. Cope is down to the inside. He'll have the preferred advantage through the dog legs. And into turn number three, his car slides up, but Kulwicki won't be able to do anything with him this time. Derek Cope's having a good run of the early going, qualified well, and expects to finish very strong here this afternoon. A car that is having a little handling problems getting through the corners is Rusty Wallace. That car's been kicking out in both ends of the racetrack for him. 17 laps are complete. Jeff Bodine is the leader. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. One of the best battles on the racetrack is going on between Dale Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd. They made a little contact coming through three and four this time. Rudd is directly ahead of Dale. They were door-to-door going through the turn. That'll be a battle for 13th position. And Rusty Wallace is locked up in that also over in turn two. Ricky finally clears the Earnhardt car, and it is Rusty Wallace who fills that spot on the outside of Dale Earnhardt. Rusty gets a good jump off turn two and has a nose in front of Earnhardt on the backstretch. As they come down, Earnhardt's going to try and fight his way back to the inside. Got the quarter panel up alongside Wallace's Pontiac in turn three. Earnhardt car wiggles a little, but he's back on the throttle to race off four. Earnhardt stays to the inside groove. Rusty Wallace, though, will swing wide, trying to bring Dale Jowett along with him. Davey Allison also closing ranks as those cars will try and keep Dale Earnhardt out of line. Rusty leads that pack back into turn number one. They're stacked up double wide, right behind with Earnhardt, underneath the Dale Jarrett car. Now Jarrett gets a fender out in front. Davey Allison will follow his line to the outside. Change for the eighth position now. Make that seventh. Sterling Marlin slides underneath Brett Bodine. A little late breaking move in turn four moves up a spot. And a hard battle for the lead. Mark Martin took a shot at Jeff O'Neill coming out of turn number four. They made a little contact and Mark has to tuck back in single file. They're back in one. Jeff O'Neill leads the way by a car length over Mark Martin, but Martin is peeking down on the inside in turn number two. He'll fall back in line and go single file. Bill Elliott about three car lengths back in third. Everybody running single file all the way back through about the first 20 positions as they come to the entrance of turn number three. It's Bodine and Mark Martin. A couple of bright red Fords under the bridge and off of four. The nature of this racetrack keeps everybody pretty well tied tightly together. Although we do see a good bit of single file racing, there's always the tendency to tuck out of line. That's just the way this racetrack is built, and they're still basically single file all the way back to 18th spot going into the corner. Spreading out a bit, coming into turn number one. Chad Little battling alongside the Ted Musgrave car. They'll still go side by side off turn number two. Little gets a good jump on the outside and pulls even with Musgrave down low. And farther ahead, Ken Schrader is going to tuck underneath the Hutch Strickland car. This will be racing for seventh spot in turn four. They come off the corner, door-to-door. Schrader won't be able to get the position as they work across the start-finish line and head back into turn number one. The leader right now is still Jeff Bodine running in the second spot. That's Mark Martin. Third belongs to Bill Elliott. Fourth is Harry Gant. Fifth is Derek Cope. In sixth position right now will be Alan Kowicki as they head up to turn three. Mark Martin trying everything he can to try and get his way around Jeff Bodine. He took a shot at him last time down low off of turn four. We'll watch again this time. Bodine's going to cover the spot. They work themselves beneath the Goodyear Bridge back towards start-finish. One of the more interesting lines through the corner now is Ernie Irvin. He is somewhat uh, sliding, dirt-tracking, if you will, into the corner as now Martin goes for the lead again. Dove right to the inside of the track, coming off turn four, as Alan described a few moments ago. Made his move at the entrance of turn number one. Mark Martin, your new leader over Jeff Bodine. Bill Elliott will remain in third. Harry Gant is still fourth. Fifth is Derek Cope. Alan Kulwicki is sixth. Sterling Marlin seventh. All bumper to bumper. Then about five car lengths back to eighth place. Brett and back in ninth, that's where the battle is. Again, Kenny Schrader and Hutt Strickland come off the corner exactly side by side. And again, Kenny Schrader 
will be able to just tuck in behind, won't be able to advance at all. The car that is really on the move is Sterling Marlin. He's got that car dialed in real good up in three and four, drifts up a little bit high through turns one and two, but he has been knocking them off one by one. 24 laps are on the board in the Pie Royal 500 here at Phoenix International Raceway this afternoon. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Back at Phoenix, Mark Martin is leading under the second caution flag of the afternoon. It happened on lap 28 in turn two, but we saw it coming a long while before that, Joe Moore. Quite a bit of battling going on back in the pack. Must have been for about the 22nd or 23rd position. Larry Pearson, Kyle Petty, uh, Jeff Purvis, Bobby Hamilton, and Bill Sedgwick all racing along there together. Last lap, as a matter of fact, they were running three wide coming off turn two. Hamilton had to duck back down to the inside to hold on and keep from making the wreck happen that time, but this time it just did not work. Purvis spun around. He was the first to spin, then Bobby Hamilton lost control Bill Sedgwick also spun here in turn two, no one had a lot of damage, they were all able to refire and drive away. About 90% of the cars are on pit road, Dick Brooks Well Dale Earnhardt just now got in he was quite a ways back in the pack, took a little while to get down through here, Mark Martin was the first car to get into the pits and actually get work done on it as Harry Ginn about four pits back behind him uh, hit it about the same time, Bill Elliott's in they're doing four tires on his car uh, I think that'll be. The, I think that will be for this caution flag will be the uh, thing of the day. Four tires and fuel. Jim Phillips. Ricky Rudd uh, came in. He got four tires and gasoline. Chad Little is still in his pit. Turned uh, crossways. Rick Mass came in. Got four tires and gasoline. Brett Bodine was in for four tires and gasoline. On with Alan Kowicki. Uh, Dale Jarrett was in. Dave Marcus. Those cars, all four tires and gasoline. Now, this is just uh, what we would consider a routine pit stop. They have already completed some 29 laps. They would have run a little bit further. Uh, all the crew chiefs that we talked to said that they could go approximately 80 to possibly 85 laps, maybe give or take a lap or so if they had to, and the race should remain under green flag conditions. But right now, we are under the second caution flag of the afternoon. While we're under this caution flag, it'll give us a quick minute to talk with Mel Larson, one of the vice presidents of Circus Circus Properties up in Las Vegas, Nevada, and a former Whistle Cup driver. Mel, we are talking a little bit earlier today. Uh, I was telling Eli and John McMullen, our producer here, that uh, you go back a long ways in this business. I understand you came out here in the 50s, and at one time you promoted races here. You owned a racetrack. And were you not very instrumental in getting Bill France Sr. to bring NASCAR racing to the West Coast a long time ago? Uh, that's correct. I had into Arizona, at least. Uh, I was a chief steward here about in 1952-53 for NASCAR, and uh, Bill France himself uh, flew out in his own plane to get things started here. We had a lot of dirt tracks going and so i feel real uh, happy to see uh, you know the big winston car- cars here after uh, you know all the work we did to get nascar here and then i had a drag strip and a sports car track and uh, drove in the uh, started out in the jalopies and the modifieds and then uh, of course into the stock cars in the west coast and and was fortunate enough to go back and get on the grand national circuit as it was called then and race the convertibles and you know got to uh, see everybody and ran on and off uh, rather regularly until in the 60s and then of course until uh, the mid 70s it was still running and uh, fool around with the off-road cars in las vegas once in a while that you know we're at uh, circus circus and we have the excalibur and building a new property that uh, comes online uh, will start uh, sometime in the spring we'll be announcing that sometime before the month is over there are going to be a lot of the winston cup racers that'll be coming up uh, to visit with you after this race here this weekend they're getting ready to go back to green and uh, just one more lap any favorite in the race here today? It's a difficult racetrack. I know you have a lot of laps on this place yourself. Well, of course, uh, you know, Dale is a uh, you know, longtime friend, and, of course, I drove for Richard Childress, and so have to be rooting for Dale, and, uh, of course, we can see what he's doing. He's being a little bit cautious more so than, uh, than he usually is. 
but uh, if, that would be my favorite, of course. But uh, I know them all, and so whoever wins, I'm going to be happy about it. Did you ever envision we'd see a crowd like this on a West Coast for, for a sedan car race, as they used to call it? That's right. This was a sprint car in Indianapolis car country for so long, and they just never felt that the stock cars could you know, do anything here. But it, it's a real great job that Buddy Job has done and uh, bringing these people here and the crowds and the facility. Of course, it, you've got to have a great facility to have a great crowd. Mel Larson, an ex-Winston Cup driver, and uh, I can, every time he comes in our booth and I look and he's standing here watching him compete, you see you never get that out of your blood. You, I know you'd like to be right back out there this afternoon. Well, that's right, but uh, the off-road racing and all uh, is, a, is a big help, and here we go. Well, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you out at Circus Circus. Uh, Barney will see you there today, and I'll see you out there in a couple weeks. Right, during the SEMA show. Look forward to seeing you all there as a, the race drivers as well. They are back under green flag racing, and on the takeoff, real quick, Jeff Bodine sets sail and hauls it off about four car lengths ahead already over to turn three. Mark Martin will be the second-place car. Harry Gant will be third. Brett Bodine is fourth. Fifth is Sterling Marlin. Alan Kulwicki is sixth. Elliott seventh. Colt eighth. Earnhardt ninth. They'll pick their way around the cars that were involved in that spin earlier. They'll go around the Jeff Purvis car. They'll move around Randy LaJoy, who had a caution problem earlier in the day, and head back into turn number one on the 33rd lap. Here's a good battle for the third spot. It's Harry Gant. Final hold off Brett Bodine. Bodine, though, makes a good run at him. Off turn number two, he'll go around and pick up the third spot. Good strong move for Brett Bodine. Gant will fall back in line single file and keep Sterling Marlin from moving up another spot. One car off the pace of the back straightaway. That's Mike Wallace in the Jimmy Means car. Smoke from the rear end of that party. We'll keep our eye on that machine a little bit. He's already had some trouble earlier this afternoon. Three or four guys that are really making a good run at the early going this afternoon. It might be a little bit of a surprise. Brett Bodine has one of the strongest cars in the field as he slices down to the bottom of the racetrack. He is beginning to work up, and Sterling Marlin continues to pick him off one by one. He's going after fourth place right now in the middle of the backstretch. And he's going after it on the outside of Harry Gant as they come to the entrance of turn number three. He'll make that move, slide down underneath Harry Gant, now move to the inside of lap traffic. Sterling's car, one of the strongest here at Phoenix in the early going. Again, just 34 laps of 312 complete. The black flag is out again for the Jimmy Means car being driven by Mike Wallace. As Alan told you earlier, a good bit of smoke now being shown from behind the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac. It's on pit road. Let's get a quick update. Well, they go around to the right side to jack it up, but now Jimmy Means, who's acting as crew chief for Mike Wallace also, is going underneath the hood. He's looking on the right side of the engine compartment, so an oil leak problem for the Mike Wallace machine. Front two right now have opened up a lot of daylight on the rest of the field. They've strung out perhaps two seconds ahead of the third-place car, which is Brett Bodine. The good, strong racing's going on from about fifth position on back over in turn two. That's where Harry Gantz down on the inside, holding off the lap car of Joe Rutman. Next in line, though, the sixth-place car of Alan Kulwicki. Derek Cope next in line and a fast closing Darrell Waltrip. Although Rutman is a lap down, Gantz had a lot of trouble trying to shake him and that stacked up some traffic behind those two. Now contact in turn four. Derek Cope and Darrell Waltrip get together but continue on. They do continue on with the leaders now pulling away to one and four tenth seconds of an advantage over the third place car, Brett Bodine. Again, they're back in turn one. The battle back in the eighth position. Derek Cope there trying to hold off Ricky Rudd. Derek is trapped behind the Darrell Waltrip car. He's having trouble getting by that lap machine of Joe Rutt. The other two stacked up directly behind on the back stretch. This is all racing from seventh position on back. Waltrip is seventh. He does away with the Rutman car. Now Rudd is going to get pinned behind the lap traffic, and Cope will go inside. And Ricky's going to have to get out of the throttle just a little bit because it's getting a little bit uncomfortable right there in that particular pack of traffic. 38 laps are complete in the Pyroyal 500. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Phoenix International Raceway, 43 laps into the 312 laps that make up the Pyroyal 500, 500 kilometers here today. Trouble off turn two, the race leader Jeff Bodine loops his car directly ahead of Mark Martin. Martin gets by and takes the spot. 
caution will come out of the speedway, and it looked like Jeff just, that car got away from him, didn't appear to be any contact with anybody at all as he loops it around, will keep it going, didn't make any contact, so the car should be all right, no damage to it anyway, but it has brought the caution out because it looked like he might be spinning right out in front of the whole pack of traffic, so NASCAR puts the caution out in a hurry, and that will be the third one of the afternoon here at Phoenix International Raceway. Let's go back to turn two. Good uh, qualification there for the Pete Cool Move the Race Award for Mark Martin. They're avoiding the car of Jeff Bodine. We can see the tail end of the car begin to break loose coming off turn number two. For a moment, he stayed in the throttle but just could not save the car. It looped completely around. Martin ducked down to the inside and slid by. Bodine drove down to the inside of the track, looped it one time, then drove back around. And Dick Brooks, we're seeing an awful lot of these cars that are really handling uh, badly, so to speak. They're hanging them out, almost dirt tracking them in the early going, even with brand new set of rubber on there. What is that uh, indication of? Well, I don't know, Barney, other than just the racetrack itself. Uh, the characteristic of this track, if you're going to run real hard, you're going to have to run the car awful, awful loose, and these guys uh, are certainly doing it. And I was standing down in the corner a few minutes ago. Some of these guys are driving awful hard and uh, kind of slipping up under each other. And When you get down there and there's somebody on the outside of you, you've got to uh, keep turning, and when they do, the car starts to slide on them a little bit. They stand on the gas, and it just... Uh, Looks uh, good from down here. Looks like a good dirt track race. These guys are really slipping around through here, but I think the cars are just a little bit loose. Everybody trying to keep up. Bill Schmidt had the same problem moments ago in turn number two. He nearly spun the car, managed to save it. Of course, Schmidt right now is in second place in the Winston West Championship, 49 points behind Bill Sedgwick. If Sedgwick finishes ninth or better, he'd win the title automatically. So those are just some of the numbers that are being uh, factored in today. Jeff Bodine is on pit road. Let's cover his stop. Well, they're doing four tires on him. Uh, this is going to hurt just a little bit. They're going to be uh, uh, come out in the back of the pack. There's one lap to go. They're going to be a little bit late getting started, and they're taking an awful lot of weight out of the right rear. So that means that they're putting wet weight or pressure down on the left rear, which would indicate the car is being loose. And I think we mentioned that earlier, is the car is going to be loose. Uh, one thing that's going to help him a little bit, they've backed off of the one lap to go. They're going to give him one more lap before they restart. So that'll help him just a little bit. Dave Marcus also brought his car onto pit road. Bill Smith was in during this caution here just a moment ago, and Jeff Bodine has now gotten service on the car and has gone back onto the speedway. We're also seeing Larry Pearson's car being attended to there for just a moment as they made a routine stop, and we'll send him back onto the racetrack. So we continue under caution. They have found uh, some debris, a piece of metal in the middle of the back straightaway. The cleanup truck is now in turn number two, heading to it, and will again get the one-to-go signal from Doyle Ford atop the flag stand. Quick remember, a reminder that in two weeks, the Winston Cup Series wraps up at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, the Hardy's 500. Coverage will begin on Friday of that week, the 15th of November, with the Bush Pole Show beginning at 2.20 Eastern Time. The Pit Road Preview on Saturday the 16th at 4.30 Eastern Time. There's also an ARCA 500-kilometer race that day. And then on November the 17th, Sunday, the Hardy's 500 with our MRN broadcast. So we hope you can make your plans to join us. Ticket offices are open right now now at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, and they have even added 3,500 more temporary seats, even though they have sold out those new 21,000 seats that they built. They've added 3,500 more temporary seats, so give them a call right now and make your plans. Let's go to Pit Road. Yeah, Eli Jr. Johnson standing here. Junior, you're just watching this thing go by. These uh, cars are running pretty loose down in the corner. I was down there. Did you just slip out from under Jeff, or do you have a problem? That's what he said when he went up off from uh, two over there at the back end, just got out a little bit with it, so... We just put a little bite in it. Now the car should stay pretty stable as he comes up off that corner. Those guys are awful loose running through the turns. I think they meant to be that away or just because it's a nice hot day? Well, that's the way they run things here, so you don't want to take that away from them. That's 
what we said earlier, these guys, in order to lead or to run fast, they're going to have to run loose. Look like they're swatting flies in there when it gets away from them, those sawing on the steering wheel. And when the car runs loose, that means it puts an awful lot of a burden on the race driver to do something with the car. We're back under green over in turn three. Mark Martin's your leader, Sterling Marlin, right in his back bumper in second. About ten car lengths back to third place, Alan Kowicki. As they come back off the corner, Kowicki is just ahead of that Brett Bodine, Darrell Waltrip battle. Then Harry Gant to the inside of Derek Cope, who's had a super run here in the early going. Then the Dale Jarrett and Hutch Strickland cards. Dale Jarrett right behind the Derek Cope machine. He'll try to move to the outside lane. They'll all go wide to get by the Harry Gant car. Gant drops down low. There goes Cope to slide by. Jarrett also moves to the outside of Harry Gant. Challenge for fourth position. Brett Bodine slips to the inside of Darrell Waltrip at the entrance to turn number three. Bodine will try and pinch the car down low. Waltrip trying to keep it wound up outside. Brett Bodine hangs it down to the bottom of the racetrack, but he's going to lose that position looking back in the field. Jeff Bodine who had a good run going in the early part of the afternoon here, had it spin out a moment ago, is now being shown back in 35th position, although he's working him up through the pack, has already picked off some three or four cars. Battle for the lead, it's a close one. Sterling Marlin is within striking distance in turn three. Marlin making up all of his distance in the corners. Looks like he's breaking a lot harder than Mark Martin is, Barney, but Martin getting a good run up off of turn number four every lap through. Bill Elliott's car being bypassed by three machines going midway down the back straightaway. For the moment, the car just seemed to slow. Bobby Hamilton went by him, Stanley Smith, and the Dale, excuse me, the uh, Kyle Petty car. But now Elliott seems to be up to some semblance of racing speed again there, Joe, in front of you. We saw him slow a couple of laps to go in about a dozen cars passed by, but he now does seem to be coming back up to speed. He bypassed the Herschel McGriff car and is now racing alongside Kyle Petty. Eli, from our position on top of the Goodyear Bridge in turn four, you can hear from the sound of the car. We're right on top of the racetrack. Sounds like maybe the motor in Elliott's car is skipping as he comes by us, not running on all eight cylinders. Perhaps we can get one of our pit reporters to check that out and see if Elliott has some kind of an engine problem. Meanwhile, the leader is Mark Martin. He's out of turn number two, heading up the back stretch. Sterling Marlin rides second, some three car lengths back. Alan Kowicki will be in third place. He's about five car lengths back of Sterling Marlin. Fourth is Darrell Waltrip. Fifth right now is Brett Bodine. Sixth is Derek Cope. Seventh. That's going to be Dale Jarrett as they work out of the corner. Eighth right now is Hut Strickland. Ninth is Kenny Schrader. And tenth is Ricky Rudd. Eleventh is Davey Allison. Twelfth is Harry Gant. They're back in turn one. Harry Gant's one of the cars we're watching. It's not handling very well in the turns. He's been losing spots here the last several laps. Just trying to do all he can to hang on to positions. Davey Allison just went by. Michael Walter now closing in on the Gant car on the back stretch. Down to the inside of the dog leg. Back out of the outside wall. Then down to the inside of turn number three again as they fight the cars on this flat banking in turn number three. Gant wrestling to try and keep his car down low. Back on the throttle off of four. The man on the move, as you would expect, is Jeff Bodine. After taking the restart back in 35th, he continues to pick off car position by position. He's inside of Stanley Smith and closing in on the on the uh, Bobby Hamilton car along with that of Mike Chase as they work back into the corner. Bodine down at the inside of the racetrack after getting by the Stanley Smith car. There's a double-wide battle directly ahead. He'll deal with that on the back stretch, heading for turn three. Bodine wrestling his way down to the inside at the apex of that dog leg looking to work his way underneath a couple of other cars. Now Bill Elliott is off the pace on the back straightaway. Drops down to the inside of the racetrack in turn number four. Elliott down to the bottom of the racetrack. Not completely out of the throttle, but certainly off the pace. There is a problem for Bill Elliott. Let's go to pit road. Well, Gene Roberts, the crew chief, is standing here. In what's, uh, is there something wrong with the car? Yeah, right now, we're, the car was running pretty good, and we came in his last stop, and went back out, and he developed a skip, so we're just going to try to fix it at the uh, next stop. Okay, that's uh, Bill Elliott's car. It's 
Trouble in turn four. Dale Earnhardt spins the GM Goodrench Chevrolet around. Does a 360. Does not hit the outside wall and continues on away. What a close call for Earnhardt. Tell you what, you won't see a better piece of driving than Earnhardt did there, Eli, to keep that car off the wall. He locked it down. Then when it looked like it was going to slide into the wall, he released the brakes, let it roll a little bit so he could steer it, and then slammed on the brakes again and keeps it out of the wall. It has put us under caution. Dale Earnhardt spinning it out. Looked like all by himself up in turns three and four. For a quick report again, let's go back to Alan Bestwick. Yeah, no help there, Barney. Dale's been very loose in this part of the racetrack right from the drop of the green flag, really wrestling the car back and forth. It's been trying to get away from him right since the get-go, and this time it just did. He got up into the outside and got the right rear tire just out into the marbles, the loose stuff, the rubber that's peeled off the tires that's rolled up to the top of the track, and it went around, and you described the good job he did to keep it from pounding into the fourth turn wall. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. The American Society for Testing and Materials set a new technical standard for antifreeze used to protect heavy-duty truck engines against boiling, freeze-ups, and corrosion. Only one of the three best-selling antifreeze brands made for cars meets that standard. Only one. It's peak antifreeze and coolant. The car antifreeze that meets the heavy-duty engine protection standard. Whatever you drive, wherever you drive it, don't stop short of the peak. We've had a brief delay in the race, but it looks like we're ready to restart. The pace car is coming on. Wait a minute. Who's driving the pace car? I got my binoculars. I see a top hat and gloves and a monocle. It's Mr. Peanut. But wait, he's driving the pace car back to the pits. And the drivers are following. What's he doing, Bob? Mr. Peanut's just bringing them back in for one more supply of planter's nuts so nobody gets hungry during the race. What a nut. If you're a racing nut, eat planters. They're nuts, too. Everybody loves this racing nut. Peanut. Talk with the superstars of NASCAR racing every Tuesday night at 7 Eastern. NASCAR Live from MRN Radio. We're back at Phoenix, and Pit Road is a busy place. Jim Phillips. Well, that's in the Pit Road. Uh, Ricky Rudd came in, four tires and gasoline, along with Chad Little, Rick Mass, Brett Bodine, Alan Kowicki, Dale Jarrett, and also Stanley Smith and Jimmy Spencer, all four tires and gasoline. Dick Brooks. Well, same thing down here. Four tires and gasoline for about everybody. Mark Martin, Davey Allison, Derek Cope, Morgan Shepard. Uh, Bill Elliott cars in now with the hood up. They're working on uh, under there trying to get whatever they can find fixed. Dale Earnhardt was in. They've just uh, replaced four tires on his car. Looked the car over real good. Spoke to him in a window just for a second. Dropped him down and let him go. As Bill Elliott drives away also. This could turn out to be a break for Jeff Bonin. Apparently Tim Brewer has elected to leave Jeffrey out there. Remember, he spun a moment ago and was in the pit some seven or eight laps before that. So they're going to leave Jeff on the racetrack, and uh, that will put him back up at the head of the pack. From the Phoenix International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Yeah. Today's Pyroyal 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76 by Gatorade Thirst Quencher. Gatorade for that deep down body thirst by Planners Nuts. If you're a racing nut, eat Planners. They're nuts too. And by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Wrapping up the fourth caution flag of the afternoon here at the Pie Royal 500 in Phoenix, Arizona with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. We have seen Jeff Bodine lead early and Mark Martin leading since as the Pie Royal 500 is in the early stages of this running. Right now, because of his failure to make a pit stop while everybody else did, Jeff Bodine and the Budweiser Ford is back at the head of the field. 
Remember, at lap 156, halfway today, the driver leading at halfway will win $10,000. And you, listening at home, could win a Pontiac Grand Prix SE as part of the Right Guard Halfway Challenge. Call 1-900-226-6600. And if you're called back after the halfway point and can tell us who'll be, who was the leader at halfway, you'll win a Pontiac. It's that simple. You must be 18 years of age or over to participate. The calls cost 95 cents each. And the green flag comes back out, and they take it down to turn number one. Jeff Bodine, the leader. Running in second now, the Chad Little car in third is Dave Marcus. Fourth is Larry Pearson. Fifth is Alan Kulwicki. Kulwicki, the first of the cars to make a pit stop to come back through the field. Running right behind him in sixth is Ken Schrader. Then Mark Martin, seventh. Morgan Shepard, eighth. Sterling Marlin, ninth. Darrell Waltrip is tenth. Michael Wallace has returned to the race after a stint behind the pit wall while the transmission problem has put West Coast regular Gary Collins out of the race for the time being. Winston Kelly, an update on Mike Wallace's problem. Well, they've been working on the left side of the engine compartment. Jimmy Means is standing up alongside the wall. Jimmy, what's the problem on the car? Well, we're not sure. We just got an oil leak. We don't know if it's a back to intake or a valve cover. It doesn't look like that's where it's coming from, but uh, we just tried to put some doctoring on it and hope it works. That's the team owner and former driver of the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac, Jimmy Means, as Mike Wallace has returned to the race. 62 laps are on the scoreboard here at Phoenix International Raceway and the Pi Royal 500 this afternoon. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Field working his way right now through turns three and four. Jeff Bodine is the leader as he swings around already. He has pulled away from everyone. Chad Little has worked his way up into the number two place, but he's beginning to fall back a little bit as Alan Kowicki is the car that is on the move. And Joe Moore, he has picked up some four positions since they put him back under green. He's had to fight his way through a lot of that lap traffic, but he is on the move. Now going to work on the second place car of Chad Little. Kowicki right down at the bottom of the track. He pulls even with Little and bypasses him on the back stretch. And now to the entrance of turn number three. Little will have to give way, and here comes Mark Martin, he's going to look to the inside of Chad Little as well. Ken Schrader's going to be caught to the high side. A traffic jam off of four. All the while, Jeff Bodine, the race leader, has pulled out to a comfortable edge. He's currently got one and nine, ten seconds on the second place runners back in turn two. Hot spot of the track is from third on back. They're stacked up double wide. Mark Martin on the inside of Chad Little. Behind them, the Sterling Marlin car. Then comes Kenny Schrader. Then double wide, it's Darrell Waltrip and another car headed at turn three. All this going on from third place on back. Darrell Waltrip working his way down to the inside of the Morgan Shepard card. Waltrip locked in behind Sterling Marlin. Schrader's going to pinch Waltrip off in four. They almost got three deep, and there could have been a real spin out right there to block about half the racetrack. If that had happened, Waltrip wisely backed out of the throttle for the moment as he takes a look down to the inside groove, going off in one and two, and again, he thinks better of trying to put a move on. 65 laps are complete from the Phoenix International Raceway. This is MRN Radio. Jeff Bodine leads the Pyroyal 500 on lap 67 of 312 here at Phoenix as we welcome you back to MRN Radio and our live coverage. Here comes Jeff to the stripe. The lead moments ago was 1 and 9 tenths seconds. Now 1 and 3 tenths seconds on second place, Alan Kowicki. Of course, Kowicki, a first-time winner here at Phoenix back in 1988. Uh, during the commercial break, Barney, you and I were just staring intently at turn number four, watching the two and three and occasionally four wide coming out of the corner. One thing we didn't mention is that this track was sealed since the last time the Winston Cup cars ran here a year ago. It was a very light sealer that was applied, and it seems to have done very, very well for this racetrack, and evidently in turn four particularly. They've had a couple of, of sealers over the years that they have applied to racetracks that have made them kind of slippery, but the one that they have put on here, all the drivers say it has really made it work extremely well. 
And uh, at Dover a few years ago, they came up with a sealer up there that did the same thing. There is a new radial tire here. This is the first time, incidentally, that they have run the radials at Phoenix, and they really like the combination. And we're seeing some of the hardest racing I have ever seen at this track. A couple of times you saw them run door-to-door. Now we're seeing them as much as three wide, Alan Bestwick, getting off into turns three and four, and that is highly unusual. Boy, it's amazing to watch these guys come under here, Barney. Nobody wants to give. We were talking at the top of the show. Eli was saying how relaxed the atmosphere was here among the drivers all week. This is about as intense a race as we've seen in the last couple of months. Of course, this time, this is the last time this racetrack was resurfaced, just to finish up the line of thought that Barney and I were chatting on earlier, this track has never really been totally resurfaced since uh, 1985. So it's been a few years, but the sealer has really worked. And you're right, Alan, the intensity level we're seeing right now is certainly the highest we have seen here at Phoenix all weekend long. 71 laps complete. The lead car, Jeff Bodine. But Alan Kulwicki now beginning to narrow the margin from second place. And here comes Sterling Marlin also quickly on a move around Mark Martin to grab third. Martin saw him come and just kind of moved over and said, hey, come on through. I'm not going to hold you off for now. Marlin, Martin, Marlin will grab third. Martin will be back to fourth. Sterling Marlin may have one of the best handling cars on the racetrack and certainly one of the quickest out there and been watching Darrell Walter for the last goal. 15 or 20 laps here. Walter is one of those who advocates having patience no matter what racetrack you run on, but Darrell has been about as aggressive today as I've seen him in a long, long time, which goes to show that sometimes you don't practice what you preach because I asked Darrell the other day, do you, does patience pay off here at Phoenix? I finished fourth here the last two years, and mainly because I just took my time and didn't get in a hurry and found myself near the front at the end of the race. That's what you got to do here. Don't worry about where you are early on, just get up there near the front and stay there at the end. Well, he's getting up there to the front. Here's the battle for the lead out of turn two. Alan Kowicki down to the inside of Jeff Bodine. They're dead even exiting turn two and heading down the back stretch. A couple of boards in a drag race to the entrance of turn number three. Kowicki with the preferred inside line. He's going to grab it. Here's Sterling Marlin. Dices his car down to the side of the racetrack. He'll try and slip underneath Bodine as well. Well, Sterling makes the move around Jeff, but he can't get around Alan Kowicki. So here at start finish on lap number 74, Alan Kowicki will take over the lead in the Pie Royal 500. If you're a follower of Gary Collins, the West Coast driver, he's back on the racetrack after a stay in the garage. Kowicki has trouble now as he has to battle hard for the lead on the backstretch. Sterling Marlin down to the inside on the second of the two doglegs at the back straightaway. He's got that preferred groove. He'll grab second. Jeff Bodine, excuse me, he'll grab the lead. Jeff Bodine is going to try and grab second. Jeff Bodine tried. He made a little contact there with Alan Kowicki for just a moment. Now has to back off and settle in in third place. And Jeff's going to have his hands full in just a moment trying to keep Mark Martin from taking away third position. They're back in two. Martin's looking down low on Jeff Bodine, and all the while, Darrell Waltrip's looking to the outside. They spread out in a three-wide formation off turn number two, but now go back into single file, racing on the back stretch. All those cars beginning to come up on some lap traffic. They'll move to the outside of the Butch Gilliland car, the Winston West driver in turn four, and here's Waltrip with an outside move on Mark Martin. So Darrell makes that move pay off as he goes around to the outside. The car got a good bite, and so too does Hutt Strickland. So apparently, Barney, the move of passing like dirt track style coming off turn four and trying to roll your car before you tag the outside wall is paying off right now. Well, the whole key in getting into three and four from the drivers I've talked to is you go in, you swing out real wide in that dog leg in the back straightaway, take the car up very high in the middle of the back stretch, then pinch it right down to the bottom of the racetrack going into turn three, let it free itself up in the middle of the corner, kind of drift out there without 
pinching the car down. And if you can keep the momentum up, you can do some passing on the outside. A couple of drivers have told me the other day that we might see some of that here this afternoon. And indeed, we are in the early going. 77 laps are complete here at Phoenix. We're watching one of the best races in the Winston Cup competition that we have seen all year long. And certainly one of the best that we have ever seen here at Phoenix. And we're in the early going right now. We'll take a short break and we'll be back. Back with you in Phoenix International Raceway. We are under caution for a spinning car in turn number four. It's the Team USA entry for Chad Little. Alan Bestwick, it happened right at your feet. Sure did. Chad Little was in the outside of turn number three. Tried to cut down to the inside to go through the apex of the corner. Larry Pearson was there. He clipped across the front of Pearson's car, slid up into the outside wall with the driver's side of the race car. It's been pretty heavily damaged, although he's managed to roll it down to the inside of the racetrack out of harm's way for now. Obviously, the yellow flag is out for the fifth time and this may be a yellow flag day already. We have had five cautions here. This one comes out at lap number 82. Again, Chad Little's car has rolled across the racetrack. He has it fired, waiting for some of that traffic to clear, trying to get it turned around, and will finally do that and be able to bring it onto pit road. So pit road's going to be a busy place here in just a moment. Don't forget, at the conclusion of today's Pyroyal 500 broadcast, Barney and I will select the Havitampa Close But No Cigar Award, the winning driver getting $500 from Havitampa Cigars and MRN Radio. Dick Brooks, what's been the uh, feeling in the Dale Earnhardt pit after that spin of his back on lap 55. Uh, the car seems to be running pretty well. Well, I spoke to Richard Childers. He was uh, up on his uh, tower that he's got there so he could see the racetrack somewhat. So I asked him uh, if there was a problem. He said no. The car just got loose. Slipped a little bit out from under him and uh, and uh, they come in and put some tires on it and hopefully get the thing back together. He he was uh, they're kind of a little bit concerned I think. You know, they got a little bit on the, on the line here. Uh, like maybe a million three hundred thousand dollars or so in another championship, and a, you know, and <laughs> it's coming down to the wire. I think those guys are a little nervous. Jeff Bodine just came in. You remember he didn't stop on the last caution flag. They had uh, stopped earlier, got in the rear, so this time he uh, had not stopped. His car was getting a little bit loose on him, so they've uh, changed four tires on it. They're bumping the spoiler up in the rear just a fraction. That'll get a little more air to that, tighten up the rear of the car a little bit. Uh, Darrell Wallace just drives away. Harry Gant's in. Took him a little bit of time to get in as Ken Schrader, uh, Ernie Irvin's in. They're back down, back on the racetrack. Jim Phillips, it seems like everybody's changing four tires, whether they've got 20 laps on them or whether they've got 50. That's exactly right. Marty's uh, talked about uh, swinging these cars out of the turns. It makes a lot of wear on the tires. Uh, most of the tires, though, they're coming off of these cars. Of course, like you said, we've not run many laps. On a set, uh, looked pretty good, but the adhesion on this racetrack is uh, very hard. And they have to keep fresh tires on the way they're racing right now. Ricky Rudd came in. He got four tires. They worked on the Chad Little car. He had a left front tire flat, the left side of his car flattened. Also, Rick Mass came in. Brett Bodine was in. Alan Kowicki, the second-place runner, got four tires. Dale Jarrett, Stanley Smith, Jimmy Spencer, who moved up in the top 20, got four tires in gasoline, along with Terry Labonte. And now Joe Rutt was in get his four tires in gasoline. And didn't appear to be that much damage on Chad Little's car. As we looked at it, just a little scraped up sheet metal and he will go back onto the racetrack and should be able to continue up to a full power. Some of the mid-race awards to update you on. The Lickety Split Award, sponsored by the folks at Tyson Foods. It's Jeff Bodine right now with the quickest lap of the day as a race leader. Way back on lap number two, a speed of 124.481 miles an hour. So right now, Jeff, the leader in that category. The True Value Hard Charger Award, also Jeff Bodine as the leader right now. He has been in the top five longer than anybody else throughout the course of the early stages of the Pyroyal 500. Just joining us, we are working the fifth caution flag of the day. 
This most recent one brought out by Chad Little, whose Team USA entry is back on pit road with the hood up. They'd also just had the hood up, Winston Kelly, on the uh, Jeff Purvis car, and he's been in and out of the pit lane uh, a number of times of late. Yes, they've been working on the left side of the engine compartment as well. Just a bit of smoke coming out from the back of that Buick as he goes back onto the racetrack as we're getting the signal one lap to go. We'll take a short break and we'll be back. We are back under caution here at Phoenix International Raceway. All of the cars involved have managed to pull away here on the main straightaway. It began this way. Bill Schmidt's car was slowing down. Ricky Rudd had to get on the brakes to avoid Bill Schmidt's automobile. Right behind Rudd was Harry Gant, who slowed down very quickly. He was then nudged from behind by Brett Bodine, who couldn't slow down quite as quickly. Those cars began spinning. Along came Herschel McGriff and Gary Collins, Dave Marcus as well, all putting their cars into spins. Richard Petty's car, probably the most severely damaged, heavy front-end damage. Dave Marcus also severing, uh, suffering a good bit of damage. Harry Gant likewise. And Barney, I don't know, Richard having all sorts of trouble getting his car back around to the pit lane. Can't turn it. He uh, won't, doesn't seem to want to turn. The front end was caved in pretty bad. The hood is shoved up toward the windshield, and Richard took it in the opposite direction, had clear sailing to go back up toward turn four and get in behind the pit wall, but he couldn't turn the car. He had to back it up two or three times and is now heading for the garage, so the day may be over unless they can do an awful lot of repairs on Richard Petty's car. Harry Gant is on pit road, and he had quite a bit of damage on his car. Let's get a report on Gant. Well, they're working uh, feverishly on getting some of the sheet metal back out. It looks like that the uh, left front that got a lot of damage on the sheet metal may not have got into the suspension too bad. We'll have to see. When the car came to me, it was coming pretty straight, and the uh, wheel was running pretty straight. The only thing that looks like uh, will be a serious problem is the gas uh, filler neck. It's all uh, beat loose back there. They're going to have to some way or another tie down the sheet metal and tie that filler neck down some, or they're not going to be able to put any fuel in it. They've got the tires changed on the left side and uh, getting ready to put the uh, car back on the racetrack. A lot of sheet metal damage on Dave Marcus' car, too. The entire right front end is caved in on that car as his crew comes over the wall of the big Apple Market machine and try to salvage what's left of that race car and be able to continue. Has to hurt to pull that car all the way out here to the West Coast, make the field, and then the early part of the race, even before you're halfway, it's beat all to pieces like Dave Marcus and Harry Gann and some of the other cars were in that last altercation here coming out of turn four. It is a tough break. They've got some oil on the main straightaway here up against the inside retaining wall where some of the cars came to a stop and the cleanup crew looking at that right now. Joe Rutman is on the pit lane. Let's also get an update on the Kyle Petty car. They were under the hood a short while ago and that car wasn't running quite as well as uh, they would have liked. Dick Brooks, were you able to get the update on Kyle's car? Spoke to Gary Nelson, the crew chief. He said the car is just handling so poorly that they're going under the hood making some adjustments on the front end. The uh, car, he said, was not turning. It was pushing real bad, and they're trying to get to, to uh, free up a little bit. We talked earlier at this particular racetrack, if the cars are not free, they've got to be able to turn, and uh, if you can't turn them, then you're in trouble. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. Richard Petty's just crawled out of the car. He's looking over the shoulder of his crew chief, Robbie Loomis, talking to his crew chief. Richard, what happened out there, partner? Somebody spun, and I slowed down, and a bunch of us slowed down, and a bunch behind didn't slow down, and I wound up right in the middle of it. Wiped me out. 
That's Richard Petty. It looks like he might be out of it, but Robbie Loomis and the rest of the STP crew swarming over the car to see if they can get it back in this afternoon in the Pie Royal 500. That's become the biggest thing in NASCAR and Winston Cup racing on a track where the speeds are up fairly high. Is usually, if you avoid a wreck, more guys now are worried more about getting hit from behind. If they get stopped and miss the accident, somebody else doesn't see it in time to get stopped, or you get tagged from the rear more so than driving into an accident. That's exactly what happened here a moment ago. They're continuing to work on Dave Marcus's car and they may be able to get him back in there, but it's going to be an awful lot of damage to the right front of Dave Marcus. Also looks like Harry Gant might even have a hole in the bottom of the fuel supply system somewhere because he is venting some sort of fluid as he goes all the way around the racetrack. I don't know if it's gasoline or not. Uh, let's go back, Dick Brooks. Well, it is. Uh, uh, we talked earlier about Harry having a problem with the uh, filler neck on the car. It's, it's unhooked from the tank. And when they started to put fuel in, they didn't know that, and they dumped one full can of fuel right out in the uh, in the pit row here. They're trying to get it uh, cleaned up, swept up a little bit. There's not any water here, so uh, they can't dilute it much. Uh, pretty serious situation here if something were to set it off. There's 11 gallons of fuel laying here on pit row. And right now they continue to work on Dave Marcus's car. Jim Phillips is there. Jim, the damage looks pretty severe. It really is, Barney. Not only to wipe out the right front fender, but also the hood, the right uh, side of the air dam in the front. And also a lot of suspension damage to the front end. The A-frames of tie rods and that sort of thing are bent on the Big Apple Market Chevrolet. So they've got a lot of work to do to get his car back in. Also, he got a hard lick from the rear also, but that shouldn't affect the handling of the car any. So we are under caution. Caution this afternoon has flown on laps 10, 28, 44, 55, 82, and now lap 89. We're now on lap 94, working the caution flag with 28 cars still on the lead lap. Darrell Waltrip is the leader, running second, Jeff Bodine. Davey Allison running third, Alan Kulwicki fourth. Fifth is Ken Schrader. Sixth, Morgan Shepard. Seventh is Rusty Wallace. Eighth belongs to Sterling Marlin with Dale Jarrett. Ninth, tenth is Mark Martin. Jimmy Spencer is 11th, 12th, Hutt Strickland, 13th, Ernie Irvin, 14th is Terry Labonte, Ricky Rudd is 15th, Dale Earnhardt runs 16th, 17th is Brett Bodine, Rick Mast in 18th position, 19th is Derek Cope, and 20th, Rick Wilson, 21st is Ted Musgrave, Bobby Hamilton is 22nd, Larry Pearson 23rd, Stanley Smith is 24th, 25th is Michael Waltrip, Mike Chase runs in 26th, 27th is Bill Sedgwick, 28th is Kyle Petty, those cars on the lead lap, the first car one lap down, running in 29th spot, is the Joe Rutman machine as we get the one-to-go signal here on the flag stand from Doyle Ford. We're going green in a moment. Back in Phoenix, 100 laps down, 212 remain. A good scramble is ongoing for second behind the leader, Darrell Waltrip. That's Davey Allison who's just taken it away. Jeff Bodine has fallen back to third, but Alan Kowicki is all over him for fourth. That's been a good battle as they come out of turn number four and back into the straightaway. Alan Kowicki took a look to the outside, then decides to tuck back in single file. Update you a little bit on Harry Gant, who was involved in that collision a moment ago. Gant is out there and racing, but there is a lot of damage to the front end of that car. Uh, seriously hampering any chance that he will have to win here this afternoon. As they work out of turn number two and down the back straightaway, good scramble going on far back in the pack. Ernie Irvin is in that pack, and there's about five or six cars that have really been getting with it, Alan. Put this back around 12th position. Irvin is trying to work his way to the inside of Jimmy Spencer. Terry Labonte is right behind them, as are the Winston Cup contenders. For Ernie Irvin earlier, though, the line that was working is the one that Spencer has occupied. The outside coming off of turn four. They're back in one. Irvin squeezes down to the inside and picks up the spot on Jimmy Spencer. Spencer tries to come back at him off turn number two. 
two, but he's forced to fall back in single file. Mike Wallace's lapped car moving slowly on the back straightaway forces him to go back single file. Urban right now running in the 12th position. Check farther ahead. There'll be a challenge for fifth position off of turn four. Well, they get too wide down to the bottom of the racetrack. Morgan Shepard is there. Outside is Kenny Schrader. They'll go off into the corner that way as they hit turn one. Shepard puts it right at the bottom of the track. Kenny Schrader tries to bring it down. Now Kenny Wallace pulls to the inside. He'll think about making it three wide off turn number two and does. Here comes Kenny. He pulls up alongside. Now drops back in behind Shepard. That's Morgan Shepard and Ken Schrader racing side by side for fifth and Rusty Wallace in sixth. Dale Jarrett has joined that fray. He's in seventh. They're going to make it a four-way race. Rusty's car is working well down low as everybody else goes wide. In the case of Ken Schrader, it opens the inside for Rusty, also opening the inside for Dale Jarrett. Morgan's able to get around. Morgan Shepard, that is. He takes over the fifth position. The battle right behind him now as Rusty goes to work on Kenny Schrader. And Rusty takes the inside line to bypass Schrader, although Schrader's not done yet. Schrader will rally back to the outside, break a little bit later at the entrance to turn number three. A Pontiac on the inside, a Chevrolet on the outside. Wallace, the back end, breaks loose just a tad in four. Rusty's car wasn't working all that well in the early going. They've made a couple of adjustments on it, and now they've got it dialed in pretty good. He and uh, Kenny Schrader, two of the best friends in the business, but not giving no quarter on the racetrack here this afternoon. If you've been following, you heard us earlier say something about Bill Elliott was having some motor problems. They've got the car cured. We've been watching him, and he is running about as quick as anyone out there, although he's about four or five laps behind, somewhere around 35th or 37th position. So Elliott's got his work cut out for him to come up with a decent finish here this afternoon. We're working laps. Trouble in turn four. Two cars collide. Randy LaJoy into the side of Hutch Strickland. Strickland pounds the outside wall. Here comes a knot of traffic. They'll wiggle their way through the center, but caution in turn four. And this time, everybody stays in the throttle, drives through the accident rather than lock those cars down, and only two cars will be involved in it. That's the second time this afternoon that Randy LaJoy has had a problem out of turn number four. Let's go back to Alan Bestwick. Randy LaJoy was down to the inside coming through the middle of turns three and four. The car got away from them and as he tried to save it, it shot up the racetrack into the Hutch Strickland car who was racing outside of him. Strickland's car made a hard right straight into the outside wall in turn four. Caught the front end, then turned around and caught the back end. It's come to rest now about, uh, say, 10, 15 feet down from the retaining wall right in turn four. And there were a group of about, say, seven or eight cars, including Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt, who came up on that accident in a hurry and, as you said, drove through the middle of it instead of locking the brakes and getting involved in it. That's been the trouble spot here this afternoon, and that's one of the worst places that you can crash at Phoenix because you're carrying so much speed through the middle of that corner, and it's almost just an instant turn as you come out of there. And if, if you can't get the car turned away from that wall and you go into it, it's almost a head-on lick into the wall, and Hut Strickland has really banged it pretty hard up there. For the moment, the car is still resting near the outside wall. Good thing Hutt didn't have any luggage in the trunk because if he did, he'd be sitting in the front seat with him right about now. He's got a good bit of damage to the rear of the Ray Bestis Brakes Buick. Of course, one more Winston Cup race this season, a couple of weeks from today in Atlanta, Georgia, the Hardy's 500. And of course, throughout the course of the winter, MRN will have NASCAR Live and our daily NASCAR Today show. And then before you know it, it'll be time for Speed Weeks in Daytona. If you'd like to make sure that the radio station you're listening to right now continues their coverage of NASCAR Winston Cup race, why not take a minute, drop them a line or a quick phone call and thank their program director or station manager for their coverage of MRN Racing and the NASCAR Winston Cup and Bush Series. To let you know which station you're listening to, why don't we pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Back with you at Phoenix International Raceway, working caution for the 
Seventh time this afternoon, Hutch Strickland and Randy LaJoy spinning in the corner. Meanwhile, the news not good for Dave Marcus either. He has been forced to take the Big Apple Market Chevrolet to the garage area with a myriad of problems that have forced him out of this Pyroyal 500. And Hutch Strickland, go ahead. Eli, Dave Marcus is si- sitting in the car. Dave, what happened out there on the track from your standpoint? Well, I don't really know. Up in front of us, several cars got spinning, and, you know, it's hard to miss it, but I did pretty well get slowed down for the accident, and somebody rammed into the back of me. So, you know, we got a bunch of new guys with us this week, and they're not used to, I don't think, looking ahead much. They just drive right on the hood ornament and just ran over me. That's all. A lot of damage on the Big Apple Market Chevrolet, but he'll be back next week at Atlanta. Hutt Strickland has climbed out of the car, now surveying the damage, so Hutt is all right. But unfortunately, that car really took a lick, and he may be through for the day. We'll take a short break, and we'll be back in a minute. We are back at Phoenix International Raceway. The Pi Royal 500, 110 laps are complete of 312. Today's broadcast of the Pi Royal 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Phoenix International Raceway to MRN Radio, solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or the use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. Don't forget, if you need a new Pontiac, and who wouldn't love to have a new Pontiac Grand Prix SE, the halfway lap today as part of the Right Guard Halfway Challenge Contest is lap 156, just about 45 laps from right now. If you'd like to enter the Right Guard Halfway Challenge, here's all you've got to do. Call our number at one 900 226-6600. Now, the call does cost you 95 cents. You must be 18 years of age to participate, but if you can tell us if we call you back at home later today who the leader was at the halfway portion of the Pi Royal 500, you'll win a Pontiac Grand Prix SE. It is that simple. The driver who leads it halfway also takes home $10,000 from Right Guard. Again, that phone number to participate in the Right Guard Halfway Challenge, 1-900-226-6600. You must call before halfway. We're now at lap 111. Halfway is lap 156. And we're still under caution. They're going to have to put Hut Strickland's car on what we call a rollback, which is one of those trucks that the bed lowers down and they'll push it up on the bed of a truck and haul it away from up there. That was how severe the impact apparently was and damage to the car into that outside wall. So this caution will go at least a lap or so. Let's go to Winston Kelly. Barney, the good news is Hut Strickland's okay. He's walked into the uh, garage area here. And Hut, what happened out there? Well, I was on the outside of the 66 car going in turn three, and looked like he got a little loose, and I went, you know, went to the outside of him, and it was kind of like he overcorrected and caught me, caught me on the left rear, I think it was, and just spun me around and got into the wall. But, you know, the Ray Best of Stick Tack vehicle is really running good today, Winston, and, you know, it's one of them deals, but, you know, I want to say hello to Taylor, my little boy back in North Carolina who's staying with his grandmother and all my family in Alabama and tell them I'm okay. How about the track conditions? I understand there's been a sealer put down since we've been here before. Well, you know, they've, uh, you know, we're on radial tires this time, so, uh, you know, one of the others really helped it a lot. You know, the, the tires that Goodyear had here are just truly awesome, and uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, next year out here. I think it's going to be a good race. After running up in the top five today, the Raybestos Buick out of it this afternoon. And it's, uh, as we said, it's, so, it's kind of hard to swallow to pull that car all the way out here to the West Coast, make the field, have a good, good run going, and then due to no fault of your own, end up with a car torn all to pieces and be out of the event, but... You take it all in stride. That's part of the business. It'll be a lap or so before we'll go back to green flag racing here. Grant Lynch of Sports Marketing Enterprises of the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company is here in the tower. Every time we come out here over the last couple of years, this place just keeps getting prettier and prettier, and the crowds keep getting bigger and bigger. That's right, Barney. You have to tip your hat to Buddy Job and all his staff out here at PIR. 
this racetrack is a gorgeous place to race. And the excitement we've had in the first uh, third of the race today has just about been unparalleled the last couple of races. Well, I know you guys are all set to crown Dale Earnhardt. He could lock up the Winston Cup Championship here today, but uh, the way things are going, he's going to have to improve a little bit on what he's doing. Well, that's right. He is running, I think he's about four positions behind Ricky right now. And I'll tell you what, the way they're uh, sliding around, slinging around out there today, I wouldn't count anybody out yet. Of course, the uh, postseason championship uh, worth $1.3 million when we get to the uh, Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York. You're getting back to the fans out here. I know you've had the same response we have. I guess some of us kind of get spoiled. You know, we see the races every week. We've got the best job in the world. You travel with the Winston Cup Series. For these folks, they get to see it in person one time a year, although they listen uh, to MRN and watch on the tube. It is a one-time only visit, and I'm sure that's why we see a turnout here that is unparalleled. That's right. Uh, with with the hillside that you see over here on the left, the new additions that Buddy Job has put in, he just has a record crowd every time we're coming out here. I'm sure he could put another 20000 in here without, it, without any problem at all. Well, Grant, uh, a, gr- a debt of gratitude is owed to you folks at Winston for what you've done in Winston Cup racing over the last few years and the crowds we're seeing here, not just here in Phoenix, Arizona. They've really adopted this racetrack. They like what they see out here. I think we'll see some more races on the West Coast one of these days in the future down the road, but on the East Coast and everywhere else. Well, thank you, Barney. We've been here for 20 years, and we hope to be here for another 20. It's been great for R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company and our Winston brand. In a couple of weeks, as Eli said, we'll be in New York City for the crowning of the Winston Cup champion. Grant, thanks for taking a moment to stop by and chat with us. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Good to see you, Grant. We are still under caution. Uh, They have yet to get the uh, Hutch Strickland car up on that flatbed, the rollback truck out there in turn number four. The crew is uh, pushing and shoving and hemming and hawing with that car, but it seems to be balking just a bit, so we'll remain under caution. Why don't we update you as to how they're running now. Understand, some teams chose to pit. Others did not. That's why we are showing for the moment, Stanley Smith of Chelsea, Alabama as the race leader. Larry Pearson in the second spot. Third would be Dale Jarrett. Fourth, Alan Kulwicki. Fifth is Rick Wilson. Sixth belongs to Darrell Waltrip with Rusty Wallace. Seventh, eighth is Davey Allison. Jeff Bodine, ninth. Tenth is is the uh, Jimmy Spencer car. Eleventh belongs to Ricky Rudd. Twelfth, Morgan Shepard. Mark Martin is thirteenth. Michael Waltrip, fourteenth. And Dale Earnhardt is fifteenth. Sixteenth now is the Sterling Marlin car. Ernie Irvin runs seventeenth with Ken Schrader, 18th. 19th is Terry Labonte. And 20th, Brett Bodine. All of these cars are still on the lead lap. 21st is Rick Mast. 22nd, Derek Cope. 23rd now is Bobby Hamilton. 24th spot is Ted Musgrave. 25th is Mike Chase. 26th, Kyle Petty. And 27th is Bill Sedgwick. One lap down in 28th is Bill Schmidt. 29th spot is Joe Rutman. 30th position at this point belongs to Jeff Purvis. And 31st is Herschel McGriff. Two laps down in 32nd is Harry Gant. 33rd is Mark Reed. 34th spot is Butch Gilliland. And 35th, Randy LaJoy. Three laps down in 36th is Bill Elliott. The other cars have already gone to the garage area. They include Kenny and Mike Wallace, Richard Petty, Gary Collins, Dave Marcus, and now Hut Strickland in the Ray Bestis Brakes Buick. 115 laps are complete. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Today's Pyroyal 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by STP, the official car care products of the Daytona 500. By Peak Antifreeze, only Peak gives you peak performance. By Ford and your local Ford truck dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. And by world-class protection of Pennzoil Motor Oil. Pennzoil, ever since America learned to drive. 
Welcome back to what is a gorgeous day here in the Valley of the Sun. We are in Phoenix, Arizona for the Pie Royal 500 with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. Our turn announcers are Joe Moore and Alan Bestwick. Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly are on pit road. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Vince Marzello. Our production assistant is trucking Eddie LaRue from Central Florida joining us out here in Phoenix, Arizona. We are set to go back to Green Flag Racing. Lap 118 on the board. 312 make up the total distance. Remember the Gillette right guard halfway challenge at lap 156. $10,000 on the line to the driver leading at halfway and a possible chance for you to win a Pontiac Grand Prix SE as Stanley Smith brings him to the stripe. Stanley Smith having his moment in the sun as he leads the Pyro 500. Right behind him, Larry Pearson in second place. Neither one of those cars pitted as they race off into turn one. Third in the line now, Dale Jarrett car. He's followed by Alan Kowicki back in fifth now, the Rick Wilson car. They'll go to work and try to clear themselves of some of the lap traffic on the back stretch. And at the head of the pack, quickly a swap around as Chad Little works his way around the leader of Stanley Smith, so Little will try and put himself back on the tail of the leader. Here's Smith back out of the inside of Chad Little off of turn four. Stanley Smith from Chelsea, Alabama, who has run on the West Coast before when he was the All-American Challenge Series uh, champion. He'll lead the parade back into the number one corner. Side by side for the second spot, though. Larry Pearson to the inside of the Dale Jarrett car. Now Jarrett goes to work on Stanley Smith. Bit of smoke as those two cars make contact on the back stretch. Jarrett to the outside as they cross the apex of the dogleg and come to the entrance of turn number three. This will be for the lead. Stanley Smith on the inside. Dale Jarrett on the outside. Alan Kowicki lines up behind Jarrett in four. And two door-to-door battles up front for first and second. Also for third and fourth and fifth as Darrell Waltrip gets jostled around a little bit. That's the best racing we've seen in that pack of traffic back in turns one and two. Meanwhile, Dale Jarrett slides by Stanley Smith. He'll finally pick up the top spot. Alan Kowicki now pressuring Stanley Smith to get by. Here's Larry Pearson trying to move to the inside while Waltrip makes his move to the outside. Pearson trying to hold his ground, but Darrell Waltrip will overtake him. He'll grab fourth spot. Larry Pearson will be shuffled back to fifth. Rusty Wallace will challenge him in four. We mentioned Chad Little having gotten around the race leader before to pick up one of the seven laps that he was down, but he'll lose that lap again to stay now seven laps down as Dale Jarrett passes him, heading back on the main straightaway. Stanley Smith, the second-place car, also getting by Chad Little. Here's Alan Gawicki taking a peek underneath Stanley Smith. He'll fall back in line in single file. Darrell Waltrip still runs in the fourth spot, and Rusty Wallace now up to fifth. Sixth is Davey Allison, seventh is Jeff Bodine, eighth is Larry Pearson, Rick Wilson runs ninth, tenth is Jimmy Spencer. And 11th right now is Morgan Shepard. Back in 12th, that's where the good battle's going on between Ricky Rudd and Mark Martin. But as they come out of turn number four, Mark will take the spot away. The leader's back in turn two. Still, it's Dale Jarrett leading the way. Stanley Smith is not letting him get too far away. About a couple of car lengths separate those two. Battle will be for the fifth spot now as Davey Allison goes to the outside of Rusty Wallace. Allison strong on the back straightaway. He'll overtake Wallace even before they get to turn number three. Looking back a little bit, Jeff Bodine clears lap traffic. He'll try and join this fray for the lead as well. Stanley Smith runs in second spot, but Alan Kowicki trying to work his way to the inside of the driver from Chelsea. A little chrome horn right there, but Kowicki also has to look out from Darrell Waltrip, who tries to bypass him to the inside, and Davey Allison to the outside. Waltrip's got the inside line covered, but Davey really gets a good jump off the corner. He'll get around Darrell Waltrip and go to work on Alan Kowicki on the backstretch. This will be for the second position as Kowicki is down to the inside of Stanley Smith at the entrance of turn number three. Going to force Smith to the outside. That's going to cost him a bunch of spots. Here's Kowicki by. Davey Allison is by as well. Tell you one thing, 
there's going to be a tired group of fans when they leave here tonight. I don't think anybody has sit down more than once or twice all afternoon. They've been standing on their feet watching in unbelief at the kind of racing we're seeing here at Phoenix, and I'm kind of in that same boat. The leader right now is Dale Jarrett. Now, he's ahead by some 10 car lengths. Still a hot scramble for second place as Davey Allison is determined to take it away in turn three. Allison looking to the inside of the Allen Kowicki car. Kowicki covering the bottom spot. Allison will let his car drift out wide. He's going to try the high side. That's not going to work. Rusty Wallace, the man on the move. He'll go to the inside of turn four. He'll bypass Stanley Smith, and Jeff Bodine will do likewise. Meanwhile, Rick Mast is passing nobody. He remains on pit road. The hood is up on the Skull Classic Oldsmobile. Jim Phillips? Last caution they had, Eli. He had brake problems. They came in. They tried to put fluid in it, but he has a bad brake caliper on the right front. They're replacing it right now, so they're putting a brand-new brake caliper on Rick Mast's Oldsmobile. Been a hard day here for Rick Mast as they continue to work on that car. Davey Allison and Alan Kowicki touch a little bit coming through three and four that is the battle for second place fourth right now is Daryl Walker fifth is Rusty Wallace that's single file racing back in six is Jeff Bodine they're in turn two in seventh is Stanley Smith eighth is Rick Wilson first side by side racing back to the ninth spot Jimmy Spencer with a good run going trying to get by Morgan Shepard he makes contact with Mark Martin Martin's trying to pass to the outside of Spencer as they come across the dog leg at the end of turn number three running right behind those cars Dale Earnhardt has just slipped around Ricky Rudd Rudd's car slides way out in turn four Here's Ernie Irvin down to the inside of him. Second place, meanwhile, as Irvin continues that battle, will continue to close in on the race leader. The leader is Dale Jarrett now, but just seven-tenths of a second ahead of second spot. Davey Allison working hard on Alan Kowicki, and Kowicki trying to reel in the race leader. Don't need to do any side-by-side racing now and trying to close in. Here's Davey to make his bid. Takes a look down to the inside at the end of the backstretch. Won't be able to make it stick. Now Kowicki's car pushes wide in turn four. Allison looks down low. Davey's got the horsepower in the straightaway to put a good move on get a fender alongside, but going off into the turns, he just doesn't seem to be able to get underneath Alan Kowicki and make the car stick there. He takes a look at him again in turn two. Davey's there, peeking down on the inside. He'll fall back in line, though, and follow the tire tracks of Alan Kowicki. It's about five car lengths back in the fourth place car of Darrell Waltrip. Five more car lengths back to Rusty Wallace and Jeff Bodine. Bodine running in sixth, then another six car lengths back to Stanley Smith in seventh, then another five or so car lengths back to eighth, ninth, and tenth. All nose to tail. Rick Wilson, Morgan Shepard, and Mark Martin. Right behind them now the Jimmy Spencer car, followed by Dale Earnhardt, then that ongoing side-by-side battle that now evaporates as Ricky Rudd takes the spot from Ernie Irvin, followed by Sterling Marlin and Ken Schrader. 130 laps on the board, 26 shy of halfway here at the Pie Royal 500. Everybody in Phoenix chasing Dale Jarrett. Back with you at Phoenix International Raceway, 132 laps on the board, a total of 312 make up the distance. If you're just joining us, we've seen a number of different leaders here today, including Jeff Bodine and Mark Martin, Alan Kowicki and Sterling Marlin, Darrell Waltrip, Stanley Smith, and for the last 12 laps around this one-mile racetrack, Dale Jarrett and the Sitco Ford. 132 laps on the board from the Phoenix International Raceway. This is MRN Radio. We welcome you back to Phoenix. Dale Jarrett's lead in the Pie Royal 500 is now stretched to better than a second because second place Alan Kowicki, Joe, has his hands full with Davey Allison. Davey's throwing everything at him he's got, trying to work to the outside, coming off turn two, ducking down low, working the inner groove as well, but so far nothing is working. They're at the entrance of turn number three right now. Allison lets the car slide wide, tries to get a run up off of four. 
And a couple of cars early this afternoon that look like they might dominate this race, both out of the Junior Johnson Enterprises up in Rodden, North Carolina, have now fallen back a little bit in the pack. Jeff Bodine, who started on the pole, very strong in the early going, looped the car out if you joined our broadcast late. Uh, didn't do any damage to the car, but is still out there running about uh, fifth position, I believe is what they're posting him right now. Then Sterling Marlin moved up and to the front of the pack and had one of the strongest cars in the field, but now Sterling is being shown back there about 10th or 11th position, and he's going to have to work his way back to the front. Here comes the leader out of turn number four, and the battle again continues for that second spot. This time, Davey Allison's going to go after it in turn number one. Let's see if he stays in the throttle. This time, Davey gets a fender up along the rear quarter panel of Alan Kowicki's car, tries to pull even in turn number two, but looks like Allen's got a little too much for him down the straightaway. He jumps back around and holds on to second. Kowicki with the orange and white Hooters Ford, Allison with the black and orange Havilland Ford down into turn number three. They'll fall back single file formation. Allison's going to try and get him down low off of four. Can't get up alongside. Can't make the run that time on lap 137. Close call moments ago from Mike Chase, the West Coast driver who has driven A.J. Foyt's cars. One man goes into the wall in turn two. Car will spin down to the apron of the racetrack and the NASCAR officials put the yellow flag out as the car has come to rest on the apron of the speedway. Bill Schmidt is the man who has just turned hard into the outside retaining wall coming off turn two and that might well end the Winston West Point battle for 1991. Schmidt was running in 29th the lap down already 49 points behind Bill Sedgwick in the Winston West battle. I was about to say that in almost that very same spot another man Mike Chase, who has driven for A.J. Foyt a good bit of this year, grazed the wall coming out of the number two corner, and uh, that situation gave Mike Chase a scare. We saw a little tire smoke, but not enough to slow the car down, but he had a close call, and now a lap or two later, in almost the same spot, Bill Schmidt finds the wall, and his car has yet to move. And the caution is out. The wrecker is over there. Safety crews are there, and apparently Bill Smith might be through for the day, because it looks like there's quite a bit of damage to the front end of Bill Smith's car. Caution out at lap 138. We'll take a short break and we'll be back. 142 laps are on the board. We near the halfway point of the Pie Royal 500. Bill Schmidt spinning into the wall in turn number two. A handful of laps to go. The reason for this caution. Let's get a quick update from Joe Moore. He climbed out of the car. Safety personnel came over to attend to Bill. He sat there for a few moments but did climb out. Walked to the ambulance under his own power. The car not quite as well though for the wear. The whole front end caved in. Looks like Bill Schmidt will be done for the day. He is such a likable fellow. We've watched him race a lot of years at Riverside, California and uh, Bill's getting some years on him also but he's told me he's kind of like Richard Petty. He said, I'm going to stick around as long as I can and enjoy this business. And uh, he kind of laughed the other day and he said, I think I might let Bill Sedgwick win the championship this year. He said, it's come down to between him and myself for the last four or five years, which it really has to a point, and come in here. And Bill Smith's won it several times. So it looks like Bill Sedgwick may end up being the champion here today for sure. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. We're back at the Phoenix International Raceway. We are under caution for the eighth time this afternoon, and there's still going to be a at least a lap or so over there as they get cleanup efforts still going, trying to get the track back in a green flag condition over in turn number two. In the early part of the race, just about all the accidents we had it happened up in turns three and four and coming out of turn number four. The last couple of cautions have happened over there coming off turn number two. So this racetrack can bite you at both ends of the speedway very easy. We had told you Jeff Purvis had gone to the garage area a short while ago. Winston Kelly, what was the uh, reason for that car to uh, pack it in for the day? 
After having ignition problems earlier in the day, they finally called it a day as the engine let go on that car. He's the fifth car to officially retire along with Kenny Wallace, Richard Petty, Dave Marcus, Hutch Strickland, Jeff Purvis, and of course now Bill Schmidt as Mike Wallace spent a lot of time in the garage area and he's returned. So now we have six cars with the addition of Bill Schmidt. Eli, on that uh, last pit stop for Ricky Rudd, uh, a problem. Ricky came into the pits and he did not see his pit board out, so he flashed on by, so he's lost a lot of positions to Dale Earnhardt on this last exchange of pit uh, stops. He will, of course, stay on the same lap. Ricky now being posted in 23rd position with Dale Earnhardt running in 12th. We had also seen, I believe we saw some smoke. Alan Bestwick, was it out of the back of Mark Martin's car? It was tough for us to tell. Yeah, it sure was as he came by. He was trailing some sort of smoke out the rear end of the car. Uh, of course, not very easy to tell whether it was from the brakes or perhaps an engine or rear end problem, but Martin made a second pit stop under this caution, trailing some smoke as he went down the pit lane. Field being given the indication. One more lap, and we'll go back to green flag racing here this afternoon. We're still a little ways away from the halfway point. 144 laps are on the board. 156 will bring us halfway in the Pyroyal 500. Been an interesting race and been a good one. Some of the hardest racing we have seen at this speedway. They did put a brand new sealer on the track, and it has been very adhesive, which makes the cars really stick to this racetrack. Goodyear brought a brand new radial tire here for the first time, and the competitors really have liked it. Said it's the best radial that they've run on all season long, and it certainly has proven out that way the kind of competition we have seen. We've seen some of the hardest racing up through turns three and four and one and two that we have ever witnessed here at Phoenix. They're getting forming up right now for a double file restart in front of Alan Bestwick in turn three. Jimmy Spencer in the Travis Carter, Mr. Peanut car will lead the way. He's in the outside lane. Davey Allison is second. Jeff Bodine will restart third. Then Darrell Waltrip and Dale Jarrett. Rick Mass leads those cars one or more laps down down to the inside of the racetrack as the pace truck heads for the pit road. In behind the pit wall comes the pace truck, still down to about 60 miles an hour as they come out of turn number four. And Jimmy Spencer makes them wait until they get all the way to the front straightaway before he punches the button, takes off for turn number one. Spencer is the leader. Davey Allison looking for some place to go, but there's a lap car down on the inside. He won't be able to do it. Rick Bass car down on the inside of the race leader, so Davey has to follow Jimmy Spencer off the back straightaway. Close call for Dale Jarrett as Randy DeJoy had a problem coming off turn two. Jarrett had to get on the binders, but now clears that car headed to turn three. And out of the inside of turn number three. It's Davey Allison all over the back of Jimmy Spencer. A bid for the lead will come on the outside of turn four. Not only are they going for the lead, they're also closing in within the next 11 laps for that $10,000 posted by Gillette right guard at the halfway point of the race. The leaders are back in one. Jimmy Spencer still holding off Davey Allison. Davey shot to the outside. Now he ducks down low off turn two. Davey pulls up alongside Jimmy Spencer. Gets a fender out in front halfway down the back stretch. Here's Allison now to the entrance of turn number three. He will grab the lead. Bodine, Jeffrey will slip to the inside of Jimmy Spencer. He will try and grab second. Spencer's going to try and shut the door on Darrell Waltrip. Well, Jimmy Spencer did all he could do to hold Davey Allison off through three and four. That pass lap, they made a lot of contact there, and he made that car awful wide, but Davey was able to grab the lead. They're back in turn one. Davey leads by three car lengths now over Jeff Bodine, the second place car. Jimmy Spencer rides third. Fourth will be Darrell Waltrip. He's a car length to half ahead of the Dale Jarrett car. Then it's some five car lengths back to Rusty Wallace. Darrell Waltrip wants a piece of third. Looks down to the inside of Jimmy Spencer in turn number three. Spencer's car pushes out wide. Darrell tries to get the Western Auto car down low. The Western Auto Chevrolet is there to the inside of Jimmy Spencer out of turn number four. Trying to grab third spot with Spencer back to fourth. Dale Jarrett running in fifth. Still a battle there for the third spot with Waltrip down to the inside of Jimmy Spencer. A fender out in front coming off the corner. Waltrip slides around in front of Jimmy Spencer. So that'll pick up the third spot for DW. 
Bodine. Jeff, uh, Jeff Bodine is not gaining any ground on Davey Allison. As a matter of fact, Allison stretching the lead in his automobile right now, making about six car lengths and growing through turn four. And we're taking a look at Mark Martin's car. For the moment, it seems to be pretty much up to speed, although he isn't challenging anybody to move up that much, but is running about the same speed as everyone else is. Now Mark will put a move on on Brett Bodine as they work off into turn number one. That'll be a battle for the eighth spot as Martin goes to the outside of Brett Bodine and picks up the position, taking that outside lane. Brett tries to fall in line next because Morgan Shepard's closing in. Brett Bodine will pinch the inside of the apex of those dog legs on the back straightaway, but Morgan Shepard will take the outside lane to his advantage. He'll pull up alongside the Quaker State car and they'll race off of turn number four side by side. If there was anything amiss with Mark Martin's car before, there's nothing wrong with it now as Morgan Shepard battles Brett Bodine and grabs the spot cleanly away from that Buick. Let's go to Pitt Road. Well, Eli, they keep adjusting some on Mark Martin's car. They've changed Trouble the turn one. One car hits the car hard. Oh, well, the wall hard at Stanley Smith. Looked like something went under, uh, went out of the steering in the front end of the car. As he came into turn one, the car did not turn at all. Just went to the outside wall, slammed in hard, and has now come to rest in turn two. Caution is on the speedway as that car has bounced off the outside wall. Did take a very hard lick and rest right up in a high groove going through turns one and two. As the field has taken the caution, let's go back to turn two. The car came down the front straightaway at high speed. He was working the outside outside lane trying to pass some slower traffic and again looks like the car just would not turn it went directly in head first into the outside retaining wall in turn number one slid along that wall and then bounced and came to a rest there at the exit of turn number two safety crews already over attending to stanley smith We'll update you there in just a moment as soon as we get a report. But he did take a very hard shot to the outside wall down in turns one and two lap 151 on the scoreboard we're under caution we'll take a break and we'll be back back at Phoenix International Raceway. Still working caution after Stanley Smith's accident in turn number one. Stanley has just climbed out of the car. He was looking around, surveying the damage on the interstate batteries Buick, but obviously his day is done. Let's go down to Jim Phillips with a further word on Dale Jarrett's problems. Well, Dale Jarrett, you're running fifth this afternoon, having a great run. Smoke, what happened? Well, something happened in the engine. It must have burned a piston or something. Even when I was out there leading the race, I radio told the guys we had a miss off the corner. It's Something was happening in the carburetor, so I guess, you know, a piece of trash or something got in there and, and hurt the engine. It's a shame the Sitco Ford was awfully good, and uh, I believe we had a good shot at winning. A lot of hard racing going on today. Why? <laughs> I don't, I, you know, down to two races left. Everybody wants to win, and uh, uh, this is a racetrack that, you know, it's fun to race on, but uh, there's places that you, you just have to be careful. There's some blind spots, and you can cut somebody off in a hurry. So, uh, you know, everybody's just trying hard. Dale Jarrett, having a good run today, will not finish in the Pie Royal 500. Trying hard is the understatement of the year. I, don't, you, I haven't seen him race this hard if it, on the final la- lap of a race in a long, long time, and they've been doing it since lap one. Let's establish uh, the, the rules, if you will, for the right guard halfway challenge contest because we will be officially at the halfway point of the race the next time by. That'll be lap 156. The right guard halfway challenge will go to the driver who leads the fifth green flag lap after we go back to green. And that will be the driver that you would need to tell us about should we call you back and give you a chance to win that Pontiac a bit later on. So even though Davey Allison will be leading here at the halfway partial uh, portion of the race if he happens to be passed over the course of the next few laps uh, we'll tell you about it as it happens so just uh, keep your ear tuned to our mrn broadcast for all the details on the gillette right guard halfway challenge the driver who leads the fifth green flag lap upon the resumption of the event will be the driver we'll talk about in just a short while 
Of course, a bit later on today, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race will be named the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Western Auto, every week we have a Winston Cup race, selects a mechanic that has turned in a particularly strong performance. That gentleman gets $1,000 from Western Auto, and there's a $25,000 award paid at the end of the season. Right now, Larry McReynolds is the leader in that contest as we work towards uh, this final race. And then, well, it's next to the last race, the final race being the Hardys 500 in Atlanta in just a couple of weeks' time. As far as the Winston West Championship is concerned, Bill Sedgwick has all but wrapped it up at this point now. Uh, he had a 49-point lead on Bill Schmidt. Sedgwick currently in 20th spot at this juncture of the day. Bill Schmidt will, uh, at this moment, be at least 31st, uh, if not worse, probably 36th or sort of 37th when all the final tallies are in. So it looks as though the Winston West title would go to Bill Sedgwick of uh, Van Nuys, California. Davey Allison is the race leader as he gets set to go back to green. Jeff Bodine second, Darrell Waltrip third, Jimmy Spencer fourth, fifth is Rusty Wallace, Alan Kowicki next in sixth, Morgan Shepard seventh, Brett Bodine is eighth, ninth is Terry Labonte and tenth is Sterling Marlin and uh, those cars are part of 22 cars currently on the lead lap as we go back to green on lap 157. About to get down to it as the pace truck pulls in behind the pit wall, Davey Allison waits until they get pointed right toward the front straightaway before he really shoves down on the throttle and takes off and in doing so will jump at least a couple of car lengths ahead of Jeff Bodine as they work to turn one. Bodine falls in line directly behind Davey after clearing the lap car of Bill Elliott. Then comes the Darrell Walter machine. He runs in third. Fourth is Jimmy Spencer. Back in the fifth spot now will be Rusty Wallace. He works the lap traffic on the back straightaway. And Jeff Bodine setting off in search of Davey Allison trying to grab some of that halfway money. Right now Allison with about a half a car length lead as the pack moves through turn four. Davey Allison comes back to turn number four. He'll try and cut it off the corner just a bit narrower than does Jeff Bodine. Allison trying to stretch his lead by another half car length back to turn one. Bodine not having a lot of luck in trying to track down Davey Allison. The margin still about four or five car lengths between first and seventh. Second, uh, Darrell Waltrip still back in the third spot. And Jimmy Spencer still trapped behind the lapped car of Bill Elliott. And running right behind Spencer is Rusty Wallace. He's in fifth. Kalicki is sixth. Morgan Shepard seventh. Brett Bodine is eighth. Ninth is Sterling Marlin. And Terry Labonte runs and Dale Earnhardt is a little further back in the pack, trying to work his way back up to the front, riding a pretty much a conservative race here this afternoon. Meanwhile, the battle for lead, well, it's stretched out now to some four car lengths as they work over to turn two. Bodine climbs up a little bit higher in the turn than does Davey Allison, not paying off for him. The lead actually seems to be stretching out a bit now for Allison. Allison opens it up to about seven car lengths now. We'll have a challenge for the fourth position. Rusty Wallace muscles his way to the inside of Jimmy Spencer. Contact between the two. Wallace will try and follow Bill through. Rusty Wallace does get through on the low side as Davey Allison completes the third lap after the restart. Two more laps for the $10,000 payoff from right guard. They're back in turn two. Things look clear for Davey Allison. Still about seven or eight car lengths ahead of the Jeff Bodine car. Scrambling well back in the pack now for about the 11th or 12th position as some of the lead lap cars work some of the slower cars and lap traffic down that, on the inside. That's Ernie Irvin trying to follow Terry Labonte around to the outside of the Randy LaJoy car. Leader Davey Allison is already on the front stretch. And you can bet Davey Allison knows pretty much what's at stake as far as that right guard challenge as he goes back into turn number one. If he can hold on to the lead one more lap, he will lock up 
$10,000. He's back in turn two. Looks like he's got it put away, stretching it out to a 10-car length lead now over Jeff Bodine as they head back for turn three. Allison across the first dog leg, across the second, back now to the entrance of turn number three. Bodine's got his hands full. Darrell Waltrip has caught him to race for second spot, but here's Allison off of turn four. As they come back towards the start-finish line, Davey Allison will take home $10,000, leading on lap number 162, the right guard halfway challenge, going to Davey Allison. Now, if we happen to call you back at home a bit later on this afternoon, and you can tell us that Davey Allison led the right guard halfway challenge, you'll be driving a brand-new Pontiac Grand Prix SE. It is that simple as part of the right guard halfway challenge. Was contented here today. It'll also be competed for in Atlanta for our final race of the season, the Hardys 500. Best race on the track right now is going on from fourth position on back. That has been a dandy. Finally, Rusty Wallace will scoot out of that pack of traffic, but from there on back as they move over to Joe Moore, there's about five cars locked up in that contest. What's really holding things up there is a lap car of Bill Elliott. Now, he's running up to speed with the front runners, but again, his car not on the lead lap. Jimmy Spencer there finally clearing Elliott's car, but stacked up right behind him, two more contestants. Side by side, Alan Kowicki down to the inside of Mark Martin. Martin is not on the lead lap as well. Kowicki slides up the track into Elliott, but they'll keep it straight off of turn four. Bill Elliott is still one lap down, although running with the race leaders. Bill being posted at this point in 31st position. One lap down also is the case for Mark Martin. He's being shown in 23rd spot. Davey Allison with the race lead. Lap 164 of 312. 169 laps on the board. Davey Allison on the Texaco Haviland Star enjoying the largest lead that anyone has had all day long. Davey Allison leading the Pyroyal 500. He took the lead on lap 146 and has had it since. We are now at lap 170. If you're just joining us, Jeff Bodine and Mark Martin swapped the lead early in the day. Alan Kowicki, Sterling Marlin, Darrell Waltrip, and Stanley Smith all led. Dale Jarrett also led. So too did Jimmy Spencer for a short while after caution flag pit stops and then Davey passing for the lead on lap 146. Davey Allison also turning in the quickest lap of this segment of the Pyroyal 500. A speed of 124.675 miles an hour is the quick lap of the Tyson Lickety Split Award that goes to the driver leading the race turning in the fastest lap of the day. Let's check in with Dick Brooks. I'm standing in Davey Allison's pit standing there with Robert Yates Robert is the owner of the team, and he's the one that's got to be responsible for making all the money, I guess. Robert, you got $10,000 from right guard. I guess that kind of cools off the armpits summer. Well, I'll tell you what, we appreciate all the sponsors, you know, right guard for doing this still. Uh, you know, we want that last lap, but it's nice to get this one in the middle. Appreciate it. You guys have had a pretty good year, and the car seems to be working pretty good right now. If it, uh, you think it's pretty good for the rest of the day? Well, the, the car is working real good right now. You know, we still have a lot of concerns. Uh, this place works the engine pretty hard, and, you know, I hope everything stays good. Well, I'm sure they do. They've had a pretty good season this year. Uh, they had a couple good years or a good year, and then they had kind of a bad year, and then the first part of this year was a little bit off. But uh, they pretty well had it together the last part of the year. They could certainly be a contention here today. Davey Allison right now with an advantage of about two and a half seconds. That's how much he's pulled away since they put him back under green here a few moments ago. Riding in the number two spot is Jeff Bodine. Darrell Walker's been working on him for the last five laps around. Darrell can get a fender alongside of him, Alan Bestwick, but that's about all he can do. Just can't seem to get enough to get up alongside Bodine to force him out of his way as one car begins to smoke right in front of leader Davey Allison. That's Mark Reed, the Winston West driver. But yeah, Waltrip not able to hook it up quite enough to pull up alongside Jeffrey off the corners. 
So they'll come back to the start-finish line, a complete lap 173. Jeff Bodine is still the leader in the True Value Hard Charger competition here today, leading Darrell Waltrip in that category where points are given to the drivers in the top five longer than anyone else throughout the course of the afternoon. Of course, if Davey Allison wins here today and still there's plenty of racing left to go, Davey would not be the first Allison to ever win here at Phoenix International Raceway. His dad, Bobby Allison, won one of those Winston West races that used to be held here from 1977 through 84. Uh, Richard Petty won three of those. Cale Yarborough and Bobby Allison, Neil Bonnet. Did you used to come back here, Barney? I know after the last race of the year at uh, Riverside, the Winston Western 500, a lot of the drivers used to stop here at Phoenix for that Winston West race before heading back east. Did you ever stop here? Because they tell me the track uh, has undergone so many changes. Obviously, it has in the three years we've been here. But uh, do you ever stop in those days? Yeah, I, I came out here a couple of times. I uh, came here one time to do some stuff for STP. Richard Petty stopped here a couple of times on the way back. And uh, Ralph Salvino was kind enough, who used to be the uh, marketing director for STP. Uh, the racing operations invited a, a group of media to stop by here one time. And uh, used to have some real races here. They really beat and bang. But if you had seen the track then against what you're looking at right now, you'd say it's no way. It's almost like what Paul saw you used to have at the old fairgrounds track up in Richmond. And then all of a sudden you come back the next year and there is a beautiful racing facility. And it's pretty much the same thing here at Phoenix. Uh, the transformation has been just unbelievable, even in the last three years from what we've seen here. But back in the old days, uh, there was dust and dirt and everything else. And could probably only seat at that time. I'm going to say 15 or 16,000 fans uh, was about all you could get in because that's all the seating they had other than the infield area. But it is, he has Buddy Job, as we've documented all day long and every time we've been here, continues to improve this racetrack. And they have a facility that they can be proud of. And I've noticed also, and I'm sure you have too, in to- talking to some of the folks, the people here in Phoenix seem to love this kind of racing. Trouble in turn one, a it, car against the wall. It is Larry Pierce in the Kellogg Chevrolet. The car just looped by itself coming into turn number one. Spun around in the back end, tagged the outside wall in turn number two, and we're in the caution once again. Caution on the speedway at lap 178. Larry Pearson's had a, a time of it going through turns one and two. The cars worked pretty good all afternoon, but a couple of times he's almost turned it around over there, and this time it is against the wall. It has brought the yellow flag out, and I'm very sure everybody will take advantage of this caution flag because it's been a while since they've been on pit road. To quickly follow up on what I was talking about, you found the same thing I have. The people here in the Phoenix area that you talk to in the businesses and the hotels and the restaurants are really proud of this racetrack. Sure, they really are. It's a racetrack that has grown and is very much uh, it's an overused cliche but a diamond in the rough surrounded as we are by uh, all of these mountains and what have you, but it's a racetrack that has grown. They have more and more seats here every time and it's really it's a, it's a test for the drivers as well. The winningest driver in the history of this racetrack Ken Schrader. Joe, you were telling the folks about that yesterday during the pit road preview. Yeah, he won uh, seven races, I think, here. Two different types of cars. The Midgets, I think he won three times in those, and the uh, Silver Crown Champion Dirt Car Series. He won uh, four races in that type of car. Plus, he's driven several other types of race cars here at this facility over the years. And, of course, uh, Ken Schrader had the track record up until this weekend here for Winston Cup Cars. Larry Pearson gets the car fired and will bring it on around the racetrack. He had been running in 22nd position, one lap down in the Kellogg's car, but uh, that's going to set him back a little bit. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. 181 laps are on the board as we work the caution flag here at Phoenix. The 10th caution of the day as Larry Pearson caught the wall coming out of turn number two. Down in the garage area, Winston Kelly with veteran driver Bill Schmidt. Well, Bill Schmidt has walked out of the infield care center and has walked into the driver's lounge to change clothes, and he is okay. But we have caught up with Stanley Smith, who had an outstanding run going. We contacted the wall. Stanley, what happened out there? 
I had a blowout. The right front tire went down on me, or it, it just exploded, I think, because it happened so fast. The car never vibrated or anything, and then all of a sudden it uh, went down on his nose. And I locked it up for a minute, then I let off, thought I maybe could drive it around, you know, at least, and not hit the wall. But it, it, it wanted to go its own way, so it went straight up into the wall. We hit pretty hard. Had to be exciting leading up front. Now, you stayed out, and you didn't take on tires, but it took a while for those guys to get around you. Yeah, we figured out, uh, you know, when you run 10 laps, I guess, on new tires, then you settle in to about uh, three or four tenths off the off the pace with new tires. So we uh, we settled in there about fifth or sixth and was holding our own then. So we, we knew we had a car capable today of uh, with a few brakes running up, having a good finish, maybe up in the top five even. Alabama's Stanley Smith out of it this afternoon. The engine we hear in the background is Mark Reed's, one of the Winston West drivers. Smoke coming out of the header pipes. They're working on that car to try to get him back in. And in case you just joined our broadcast a little bit late, other drivers that have gone behind the wall, Dale Jarrett out with an engine problem. Bill Smith, of course, uh, had an accident over there. That's Strickland out for the day. Dave Marcus, Gary Collins. Uh, Richard Petty also out of the competition here this afternoon. Don't forget, we'll be making our drawing on the 12th of this month for the Daytona 500 Dream Vacation. That's the grand prize in the goodies race for the money contest in 1991. We'll be giving away two tickets to the 1992 Daytona 500 by STP, two tickets to the 92 Goodies 300 at Daytona, an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area, accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach, one of the Ocean's Eleven Resorts, and $1,500 in spending money. Again, the drawing will be held on Tuesday, the 12th of November, so there is still time for you to enter. How do you enter? It's simple. Just send a front panel from any size package of goodies, headache powders or tablets, or write the word goodies in plain block letters in a 3x5 card. Include your name, address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN station. The address is Goodies Race for the Money, Post Office Box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, and the zip code is 32115. There is no purchase required. It's void where prohibited. All federal and local regulations apply, and complete rules are available where you buy goodies products. We're still working caution here. Looks like it'll be another lap or so before we'll be going back to green. That'll give us a chance to talk with Michael Kane of the Pontiac Motor Division. You've been watching this one here. Boy, this is some racetrack, isn't it? Oh, this is a beautiful facility. It really is. I know Pontiac has been involved in racing a long, long time, and I'm sure you guys are going to be back next year full board just like you are this year. Yeah, our plans don't change much for next year. What do, you, what do you think this afternoon about this racetrack and the crowd? Have you been here before, by the way? I don't think you have, have you? This is my third race here in Phoenix. When I was in Los Angeles area working, I've been here with uh, the zone office. They brought 250 people with them today. Have you ever seen a crowd like we got here today? This is a huge crowd, and uh, the promoter here ought to be very proud of this facility. Buddy Job has done a great job. I see you took uh, all of the Pontiac drivers, or most all of them, over to Tucson, Arizona the other night. How did that go? Oh, that was a wonderful event. We had a big autograph session for a couple hours, and then we did uh, some exhibition racing there on the dirt. Well, we've got a Pontiac right now in second spot, trying to grab the lead away from Davey Allison. We're about to go back to green. Michael Kane, as always, great to see you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Field forming up for that double file restart up in turns three and four. Davey Allison has been able to hang on to the lead, and after that round of pit stops, still will surface at the front of the pack. Right behind him right now, as we said, is the Pontiac of Rusty Wallace. Let's see if Rusty can do anything with him. It's been a great track for Rusty over the years. Green flag is back in the air as Joel Ford displays it, and they get down to business, racing off into turn number one. Very tight racing in the corner. Mark Martin down on the inside of Davey for a moment. Mark, of course, trying to get back on the tail end of the lead lap. He's not going to be able to do it. Davey clears that 
car, but Mark is holding up Rusty Wallace for a moment. Wallace is on the outside of Mark Barton, then Dale Earnhardt all the way back up to third position after his spin earlier in the race. Earnhardt's going to look underneath Wallace to try and get second. Well, Dale Earnhardt now looking to the inside of that Pontiac. Can't quite get the jump off the turn. He will settle in. No, he won't. He may lose a spot to the Ford of Alan Kowicki. Kowicki works to the outside going into turn number one. He'll flash around to the outside of Earnhardt. He'll pick up the spot. Here comes Darrell Walter to try to fill the spot as well. Kowicki will be into fourth. Darrell Waltrip will go to the outside of Dale Earnhardt. This will be for fifth. Put Darrell Waltrip into fifth. Earnhardt will fall back to sixth. Jeff Bodine will be there. He'll challenge as well as they come off of four. 186 laps are on the scoreboard. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. Boy, it is a totally different Dale Earnhardt that we're watching run this race today than we did last year. Dale came in here and everybody said they've lost their mind the way he was so aggressive, went on to win the race last year and win the Winston Cup championship. Today, well, I don't know if the car is just simply not there or Dale is trying to be a little bit conservative with what's at stake. He gets tapped a little bit this time coming out of turn number four and almost looped that car around. And in doing so, a couple of cars are going to get by him. They're back in turn one. Sterling Marlin got a run at him, trying to go down to the inside, but Earnhardt pinched him off down low, so Sterling's held up. But here comes the lap car of Bill Elliott. He'll move to the outside of Earnhardt. Elliott will go around the outside of Earnhardt. They're holding up the next car in line. That'll be the seventh place runner, Sterling Marlin. He's got Ernie Urban right on his tail. They're circle around to the outside of Earnhardt in four. I'll tell you something, though, Barney. That man could drive a race car. I mean, we have seen twice today already uh, situations where he might well earn the Pete Cool move of the race award that we'll be voting on a bit later on today. The $500 could go to Earnhardt for saving his car earlier when he uh, did the full 360 and right there where he and Jeff Bodine uh, got together for a brief moment. Well, there's no point in really taking that many chances, and I know Dale Earnhardt, being the competitor he is, with what's at stake, as we have said, a million three hundred thousand dollars just part of the awards that will go to Dale Earnhardt for winning the Winston Cup Championship, and with just two races to go, if you take any kind of a chance that you don't have to, you absolutely would be out of your mind, I would think. And so Dale Earnhardt this afternoon, having a good run, he's staying up in the top ten having a pretty good competitive run, but it also appears, too, that the car just simply is not sticking in the corners and handling through the middle of the turns like it did uh, earlier in practice in the week and certainly not like it was here last year. From the Phoenix International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Dick, why don't we get something out of Childress or Kirk or Cecil? Let's find out if they're holding back or if that car ain't can't go anymore or what okay thank you sir can go anymore I it think. just don't look like it's hooked no. up like no. it ought to be it really don't He's no, not we'll talk. it's hard to tell we'll talk to them they're not holding back nothing <laughs> i didn't think so it's worth getting a comment from them i think they'd like to get in front of all that traffic i bet no do you want me to go back and try to find schmidt he was still changing He was still in the driver's lounge a minute ago. (laughs) 
Davey Allison continuing to lead here at the Pyroyal 500 in Phoenix, but the good battle now is between Darrell Waltrip and others trying to grab spots away from fourth on back. Waltrip's trying to get underneath the Allen Kowicki car. They'll race side by side down the back stretch. This is a third place battle. Darrell Waltrip to the inside, Allen Kowicki to the outside at the entrance of turn number three. Waltrip has the inside groove. The car bounces out to the center of the racetrack, caught that left front wheel down off the edge of the pavement in the corner and had to hang on. Darrell Waltrip having a handful coming through that corner, but it also worked to his advantage in having the car kick up a little bit. He took Alan Kowicki a little high, and Kowicki had to come out of the throttle for just a moment, and will now have to tuck in behind Darrell Waltrip. 194 laps go up on the scoreboard here at Phoenix International Raceway this afternoon. Meanwhile, Davey Allison is long gone in turn three. He's got about three seconds on second place Rusty Wallace, then the lap car of Mark Martin before you get back to Darrell Waltrip, Kowicki, and Jeff Bodine. Davey Allison has one thing that he and everybody else has to contend with right now. It's kind of like late in the afternoon in Rockingham when you're running right into the eyes of that sun, which in Rockingham is in turns one and two. So too the situation here in Dick Brooks. These teams really from the get-go have had extra shading, be it tape or film or whatever, on the windshield because that's a blinding sun going through the one and two corner. Well, uh, Eli, it is. There's about uh, three racetracks that I can think of like this uh, that's on the west coast, I mean on the east coast, and that's Atlanta and uh, Rockingham, and then here where you drive right straight into the sun. Those windshields get pitted pretty bad. Now, they're not near as bad as they were uh, 10, 15 years ago when they were solely stock windshields, which uh, the windshields now have a little harder glaze on them, and uh, there's some stuff that you can put on top of that. It's kind of like a polish. It helps a little bit, but there's still a lot of sand and dust, and uh, they get sandblasted pretty bad. And even if they're clean, they've still got those little bitty pecks and specks in them and stuff, and those things are kind of white. And when you look through them, it looks like looking through a dirty windshield. And when that sun's right in your eyes, if there's any kind of uh, shadow anywhere, anything that shadows anything, it's just, uh, I think everybody's been that way. That's driven a car much, and that's the way it is here. The one thing that really makes that, or helps that a little bit, is that this does get to be a routine. I don't know, you've probably heard drivers talk before. You get around a racetrack, and things kind of get into a routine. You get going in a corner in a particular way well it, it just kind of happens that way and the problem with it is is if something happens the guy drops a little oil or uh, somebody starts to spin or uh, you know there's a little smoke and you can't see for sure what it is it's not near as clear so you have to try to do something with it we were watching Earnhardt as uh, we've been talking here Earnhardt just doesn't seem to be maybe uh, quite up to par as, uh, as he has been sometimes uh, in the past or he did later last year but uh, Kurt uh, Shelverdine, uh, the crew chief, standing here. Kurt, the car, uh, the three-car, Earnhardt, are you really trying to really put it out today? Are you trying to be conservative, or uh, can the car run any better? No, we're trying to make it go fast. We got up front there on a real good pit stop, and just about right away went back to 10 12 where we've been running all day. Uh, if we're going to try to stay up there, we're going to have to do something to make the car go fast. I think they've, uh, he and uh, Richard Childers has been talking quite a bit. They've been uh, drawing out some stuff. I think they got a little bit of a plan if they can just make it work. But that car's not doing what Earnhardt would like for it to do, I don't think. It's pretty obvious watching it through both ends of the racetrack, down to one and two and three and four, that the car does not turn in the middle of the corner uh, like Dale Earnhardt is pretty much accustomed to. But he's doing what he needs to do, and that's stay on the lead lap. 
have as good a finish here as he can this afternoon with a close battle going on between himself and Ricky Rudd for the Winston Cup Championship. So even though the car isn't really working like they want it to, Earnhardt's still in great shape if he can leave here with some kind of a top 10 finish. 201 laps go up on the scoreboard here at Phoenix International Raceway. Davey Allison is 2 and 7 tenths seconds ahead of the second place car right now, which is Rusty Wallace as they continue to work around here riding third. That's Darrell Walker. In fourth place is Alan Kowicki, and rounding out the top five is driver Jeff Bodine. Talk, go ahead. Barney, we've caught up with Larry Pearson, who was involved in that last caution. Uh, Larry, what happened out there? Well, Weston, I went into uh, turn one down there, and the car was just a little bit loose getting in the corner, and it got a little bit loose with me. And then, uh, one of the cars helped me get on around, and, uh, you know, that was it for us today. One of the better runs for the Kellogg's Corn Flakes Chevrolet. He's out this afternoon. It's been really a frustrating year for the Kellogg's team, but they hope to bounce back and see better things in 1992. 202 laps are on the board. Davey Allison continues to lead. We'll be right back. What a race today in first place. Hey, there's some commotion on the flag stand. Let's cut away live for a report. Frank, the regular flag man, has stepped down, and a new flag man is in his place. What can you see? He's waving a flag I've never seen before. What color is it? It looks blue and yellow. It's the planter's nut flag, and holding the flag is Mr. Peanut. What's the planter's flag mean? It's the concession lap. The drivers are pulling over to snack on planter's nuts. If you're a racing nut, eat planters. They're nuts, too. I've never seen this in NASCAR before. What a Hi, this is Daryl Waltrip. I'm at a Western Auto store today with NASCAR legend Smokey Yumi. You know, it takes a lot to be the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. Right, Smokey? That's right, Daryl. You know I've used thousands of parts in my day, and Western Auto has the right parts to do the job right. Right, Smokey. And this week, Haviland Motor Oil is available at Western Auto for a low, low price. Add more life to your car with Haviland Motor Oil. Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. They have the right stuff at the right price. Right, Smokey? Right, Daryl. We're back at the Phoenix International Raceway. One of the best battles that's been going on the last eight or ten laps around just evaporated a moment ago as Darrell Walker and Rusty Wallace kind of slapped each other a little bit coming through the corner up there, kind of scraping paint and bending a little sheet metal. And Walter now comes up in the number two spot, and that will drop Rusty back to third. Davey Allison still the leader. From the Phoenix International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Where did Ernie Irvin find all this speed all of a sudden? Where what? Ernie Irvin found some speed all of a sudden. I don't know. Mark the lead, Martin. He's 22nd. Uh, Mark Martin is 22nd. One lap down. There's the 66 to you again as well. Well, I went my pick, John. Six. Three points to hit his buffalo. Davey Allison continuing to lead here at Phoenix International Raceway. He'll put another lap on the board. That's number 208. Here comes Darrell Waltrip in second. Four and one-tenth seconds behind. So while that scrambling went on for second spot between Darrell and Rusty Wallace, it allowed Davey Allison to pull away. Over the last few moments, we have seen Randy LaJoy bring his uh, car on a pit road. The hood remains up on it. And Mark Martin was also on pit road, Dick Brooks. you have an update? 
Well, Mark come in and chase right side tires. He thought he had a tire going down. It doesn't appear like it might have been, but uh, anyway, he got uh, right side tires. He got down uh, earlier when he had, uh, he's got a little handling problem. They say they've been working on that. But he also had to change the battery. The car started slowing down on him, missing a little bit. They put a new battery and picked it back up. 209 laps are up on the scoreboard. Davey Allison having a field day here for the last hour or so at Phoenix International Raceway. If you just joined our broadcast, he has been one of the dominant cars for the better part of the day. Right now, he has opened almost a two-thirds of a straightaway on the second and third-place cars. The second-place car being Darrell Walker riding third right now is Rusty Wallace. Fourth is Alan Kowicki. Fifth will be Sterling Marlin. And beginning to move and move up in a hurry right now is Ernie Irvin as he heads over to turn two. Irvin shutting down the distance on the Sterling Marlin car. He's closed it down, pick up a couple of car lengths in the last handful of laps. Also, that second-place battle is not over yet. Rusty's made a couple of runs again at Darrell Walker. Trying to get his way back around the Darrell Waltrip car right now, dealing with some lap traffic off of turn four. Randy LaJoy, who was running in 28th spot at last report, they're now pushing his car backwards up the pit lane, heading towards the garage area. So the Kale Yarborough Motorsports Trop Arctic Pontiac apparently finished for the afternoon. It's been a tough year for Kale's team, too, the Trop Arctic team. They've had several drivers in and out of the car. They've been involved in uh, several accidents, but Kale says we're not giving up. We'll be back again in 1992. And, uh, yeah, as of yet, I don't think uh, there's a lot of rumors about who will be in the car and what they'll do in this and that and the other, but uh, we won't really get into that. But Kale definitely says we will be racing in 1992, and they're certainly going to be looking to have a little better luck next year than they've had this year. 212 laps are on the scoreboard. Let's go to the pits. Well, Barney, we're in Ernie Irvin's pits, as you just said. We're talking to Tony Glover. He said he got a, a little fresh uh, breath of speed here. Tony got the uh, car running pretty good now. Did, did uh, something you did, or did you just speed it up a little bit? No, I tell you, the Kodak Chevrolet's run pretty well all day long, but, uh, you know, we've got luck in the pits a couple of times, and, uh, you know, track positions, everything today, and if we can ever get up near the front, I believe it'll be okay. Well, he's certainly running good now, and he's right about that. This particular racetrack is a tough track if you have to pass somebody. you got to pass eight or ten cars to get to the front. The guy in the front, by the time you get there, his tires are pretty cool, and yours is pretty hot. So uh, sometimes it makes you look a little worse than you really are. And if you can start from the lead, you can just kind of go on. Darrell Waltrip talked yesterday about how, just how tough it is to pass here at Phoenix. Well, it's, it's a tough racetrack, really, a tough racetrack to pass on uh, because of the dog leg around the back there and kind of messes you up towards having a, a good place to pass. The sun gets in your eyes going into turn one. That makes it difficult to pass there. So one of the things I've noticed uh, the times we've been here is it's very hard to pass you got to have good track position all day long got to get out front and stay out front and get good pit stops so you don't get back in the field because it really is difficult to get by anybody Darrell Walker right now having the one of the best runs he's had this year although he's won a few races in 1991 been very successful as a car owner I guess you talked with him just like I did and he said you know we could have done better but he's very happy uh, as a car owner and he said next year I'm going to concentrate more on what I do as an owner than I do as a driver now what that means I don't know I guess he may be able to argue with NASCAR a little more about some things I don't know I think there are a lot of business aspects of the team that he said at one point a week or so ago he said as long as I've been around this business he said I thought I had most of the things figured out or at least had experienced most everything it's a lot of the business responsibilities that uh, have kind of caught up with him that I think surprised him just a little bit but Darrell Waltrip looking forward to 19 
1992. Davey Allison, his last lap around, 121.625 miles an hour. That's 29 and 6 tenths seconds to circulate this one-mile flat racetrack here at Phoenix International Raceway. So he's making good time right now, setting a good pace. We'll get the clock on him this time and get the interval for you over uh, the second-place teams. Again, second place at this point belongs to Darrell Waltrip. Just ahead of Rusty Wallace, it is 5.01 seconds. So Davey continues to pull away just a bit. Davey having, has had quite a year, and a lot of folks were figuring in there yesterday, and they were sitting around talking about it, that if they had had some good, strong finishes in the early part of the Winston Cup season this year, they could easily be leading for the Winston Cup championship. But as Davey said, uh, we don't dwell on things that are in the past and nothing we can do anything about right now. But he said, look out for us to run for the championship and be one of the top teams to win the championship in 1992. And if they have any kind of the year that they've had, the last two-thirds of it, they certainly will be one of the teams to beat. We want to congratulate Danny Herland from Eustis, Florida, who is a big Davy Allison fan, but I'm sure he'll enjoy driving his brand-new Pontiac nevertheless. He knew that Davy led the halfway point as part of the right guard halfway challenge when Danny was called at home. He is now the proud owner of a Pontiac Grand Prix SE. He says he is a regular MRN listener, although today he was watching the telecast, so as a penalty, he'll get just three wheels on his Pontiac, but nevertheless, I'm sure he'll enjoy uh, driving it. Just seriously, though, uh, Danny, congratulations to you. And you can register, if you'd like, for the next Right Guard Halfway Challenge, the number 1-900-226-6600. Register now and a chance to win a Pontiac during the Hardee's 500 in Atlanta. It's been a very popular program and a very popular thing for the Gillette folks and with the race fans all over the country all year long. 220 laps go up on the scoreboard here at Phoenix this afternoon. We've talked to an awful lot of drivers this week about what do you compare Phoenix International Raceway to to any of the tracks back east. A few of the drivers said it's uh, something like North Wilkesboro. Some said it's something like Pocono. And one driver even told me, said it is a big uh, racetrack, pretty much like Paul Sawyer's track up in Richmond, if you totally reversed it and put the back stretch here and the front stretch and everything. I asked Rusty Wallace about it being a little bit like Wil- Wilkesboro. No, it's a big overgrown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It doesn't have any characteristics of uh, Wilkesboro. Um, yeah, I, I can tell you one thing. If I was a new driver showing up at a racetrack for my first time, this track's a little bit more friendly to you. Rusty says this is an easy racetrack to drive, but the way we're watching these cars come off the corners right now and the front end squirrel around and the back end kick out look like a dirt track, doesn't look that easy to me. It really doesn't. Again, it has very wide sweeping corners that can carry you way outside. We're seeing a number of teams here today being bothered by handling problems, but again, no two teams seem to be having the same problem at the same spot on the racetrack. So from that regard, it's somewhat of a mystery. 222 laps are on the board. We'll be back in just a minute. Among the top 20 drivers on the NASCAR Winston Cup circuit, there are five different makes of cars, but only one brand of gasoline. 76. For performance you can count on, go with the spirit. The spirit of 76. The American Society for Testing and Materials set a new technical standard for antifreeze used to protect heavy-duty truck engines against boiling, freeze-ups, and corrosion. Only one of the three best-selling antifreeze brands made for cars meets that standard. Only one. It's peak antifreeze and cooling. The car antifreeze that meets the heavy-duty engine protection standard. Whatever you drive, wherever you drive it, 
don't stop short of the peak. We're back at the Phoenix International Raceway. 224 laps are on the scoreboard this afternoon. The Pie Royal 500. The leader is Davey Allison as he works his way out of turn number four. He has almost a straightaway now on Darrell Waltrip, the second-place car. Rusty Wallace is third. Fourth is Alan Kowicki. And fifth is Sterling Marlin. From the Phoenix International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. if I take one of these photographers up here and just throw them onto the racetrack for a caution. That'll work. Well, that'd help. <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't be any fun. 19 cars on the lead lap. <laughs> hey, Joe. Let's interview him. That's Jane Fonda. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. You see that TNN truck right here behind Earnhardt's pits? Yeah. TNN sign? Yeah. See directly behind it, the camper back there? Yes. Keep an eye on that a little bit once in a while. Okay. okay. See the one in the pink? Yeah. <laughs> Forget me. Just a great view here at Phoenix of beautiful mountains with the cactus sticking straight up in the air surrounding Phoenix International Raceway where we enjoy the Pie Royal 500 here this afternoon with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold. It is a beautiful afternoon and right now nobody enjoying it more than is Davey Allison. Allison works his way back into turn number one. A trouble out of turn number two. Michael Waltrip's car spins down to the apron of the racetrack, comes all the way across the grass, and will come to rest just out of turn number two. So Michael Waltrip will get it fired. This race likely will remain under green. It will. As Michael Waltrip just simply looped the car coming off the corner, went all the way out to the infield part of the course, and goes back onto the speedway. Close call for Michael. It was a good break for him, though, because there is a bit of a loop there, somewhat of a chicane, if you will, that uh, joins the oval with an infield portion. And that's where the car finally came to a stop, so he had good traction on that piece of asphalt, and he got the uh, Pennzoil car back in gear and off and away. He is running an 18th spot on the lead lap, Michael Waltrip is, one of 19 cars still on the lead lap. Why don't we take you back on the running order right now? As of uh, lap 229, Davey Allison leads, Darrell Waltrip is second, Rusty Wallace third, Alan Kowicki is fourth. Fifth is Sterling Marlin, Ernie Irvin is sixth. Seventh now, Jeff Bodine with uh, Jimmy Spencer in eighth. Ninth spot belongs to Morgan Shepard, who very quietly today has been having a good run. And the tenth spot now is Dale Earnhardt. Eleventh is Brett Bodine. Thirteenth is uh, the Derek Cope car. Fourteenth, Rick Wilson. Next in line will be the Bobby Hamilton car and then Terry Labonte. Sixteenth spot, they are posting the Ricky Rudd car. 17th is Ted Musgrave, and those are the cars on the lead lap, 17 of them right now. 18th position is Kenny Schrader, 19th is the Kyle Petty car. 20th is where Michael Waltrip has finally ended up. He has just brought the Pennzoil Pontiac onto the pit road in 20th spot. 21st belongs to Bill Sedgwick, and those are the cars one lap down. Two laps down in 22nd is Mark Martin. 23rd is Mike Chase. Three laps down in 24th, Harry Gant. Also three laps down in 25th, Joe Rutman. Four laps down in 26th is Bill Elliott. Then 27th on back. These cars are at least six laps down. Butch Gilliland running in 27th. Herschel McGriff running in 28th. Rick Mass 29th. 30th will be the Team USA entry for Chad Little. 31st was Randy LaJoy. Again, he's into the garage area. The only other car on the racetrack still running 
is being posted as the Jimmy Means car with Mike Wallace at the wheel. And Michael Walter brought his car onto pit road just a moment ago. Go ahead, Winston. Speaking of Randy LaJoy, he's crawled out of his Pontiac. And, Randy, what happened? Well, I tell you, it's a tough day for that tripodic Pontiac today. It's uh, We've had a good race car. i, I got to thank Bob and Jay and the guys all at Cal Yarbrough uh, for giving me a good race car. If we ever get to get going after five laps, like just seem to can't get five laps in before we get turned around. Uh, first beginning of the race, I was right behind the 30 car. The 40 car, 42 car slowed up a little bit. The 75 car was alongside him, cut down into me and turned me around. And then, uh, you know, it was just a long day after that, but the car run real good. And, uh, you know, it's just too bad for the Trafartic Hardy's Pontiac. Randy, what about the future for you and Kale Yarbrough Motorsports? Are you going to be together anymore after today's race? We're going to Atlanta. How about next year? Any plans yet? I think he already has a, a deal all together, but I'm just going to give it 150%, you know, for the, for the guys on the team and Kale. i got to thank them for the chance. That's Randy LaJoy. He's out of it this afternoon. Randy LaJoy behind the wall. We said a moment ago that uh, Michael Walter brought the Penzoil car to Pit Road. Let's see if we can get a report on that stop. Well, they just changed four tires, Barney. Of course, he flat-spotted his tires when he spun. They put on uh, four new tires, filled him up with gasoline, and he went on his way. Yeah. That's been a deal this year. You and I talked about it, Eli, all year long, about there were three or four guys that we were really sure would win a race in 1991. Michael Walker was one of those. Sterling Marlin was certainly one of those. And uh, they've both come close, but uh, Michael has had kind of hot and cold spells, so to speak. They'd have three or four races in a row where they'd run in the top five uh, most of the day and then have some problems. Sterling pretty much the same way. And it's uh, kind of really been a shock, I think, not only to the fans and to people in the media, uh, but to the teams themselves that they haven't been in victory lane. The fellows in the top 15 who have not won a race yet this year, Mark Martin, Sterling Marlin, Morgan Shepard is winless, so too Michael Waltrip and Hutt Strickland, who is in 15th spot. Of course, Hutt is out of the uh, event here today after your accident earlier this afternoon. 236 laps on the board of 312. This is the second race of the weekend here at Phoenix International Raceway. Yesterday, Ron Hornaday out of Palmdale, California, was the winner of the NASCAR Southwest Tour event, the Goodwrench 300. Danny Crafton was second. Kenny Schrader driving a Chevrolet was third. Then Rick Corelli, who was the point leader, and and Dennis Dyer rounding out the top five, the race averaging some 83 miles an hour here yesterday. Of course, Phoenix, I guess, uh, for many reasons known, this racetrack is for the Copper World Classic. That will be renewed for the 15th time this coming uh, winter months. The event's actually taking place just before Speed Weeks down in Daytona. It runs from January 31st through February the 2nd here at the Phoenix International Raceway. The NASCAR Southwest Tour stock cars will be on hand. The USAC-sanctioned champ cars, the midgets, and the Super Modifieds. It is the Copper World Classic here at Phoenix from January 31st through February the 2nd. You might want to uh, get your uh, tickets for those of you who make it a regular stop because the crowds have been awfully good. One thing, Barney, we should follow up on. A lot of folks heard yesterday during the uh, Goodwrench 300 that Roy Testa from South Lake Tahoe, California was uh, injured in an accident, a multiple car accident here at the racetrack. After observation and a trip to the hospital, he is okay. Uh, maybe trying to get the uh, license plate of the truck that ran him over, so it seems. But uh, Roy Testa with a concussion. But otherwise, he's doing just fine. But it was a scary moment here yesterday. Yeah, it, was a, it was a bad crash, and a lot of folks were very concerned. But the news was good when we came to the racetrack here this morning. 239 laps are complete in the Pie Royal 500 here at Phoenix International Raceway. Davey Allison still leading, and he has a big margin. Biggest of the day, as a matter of fact. A full six seconds over the second-place car, Darrell Waltrip, and the third-place car right now of Rusty Wallace. We'll be back in a minute. 
When you need a same-day answer on a loan, there's only one name you need to know, TransSouth. Because when you see TransSouth in the morning, on most requests, they'll have your answer that same day. But there's also just one name you need to know for a chance at a 1992 Ford Escort, yours. Just visit, call, or write your nearest TransSouth office for complete contest details. It's all you need to know to win our Ford Escort giveaway. TransSouth, the right loan, right now. No purchase necessary. Contest ends November 20th, 1991. Here we go. Give me the ball. Over here. Go, go, go. When you're burning up with thirst, when you're burning up inside, nothing cools you down like Gatorade Thirst Quencher. Hey, now. and 42 laps are on the scoreboard here at Phoenix this afternoon. Davey Allison shows no signs of showing any mercy to anyone at this point. He's not asking any quarter, not giving any. He is the leader by a full six seconds. Darrell Walthrop rides in the number two position. Rusty Wallace is third. Fourth is Alan Kowicki. And fifth is Sterling Marlin. From the Phoenix International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's see now. They pit it on lap 180. So that's 63 laps to go. How far should we be going, Chopsticks? 80, 85. 80, 85? They could go 90 on gas. Huh? Some of them can. They could go about 90 laps. All right. We'll come down to you for that. Feel free to take your time explaining it. <laughs> yeah. Is it too late to get anything from Schmidt? I can get him now if we want it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Hurry. Something, anything. Ask me if he knows Joe Schmidt from the Detroit Lions. And if he does, talk some football a while. I can talk to Petty again or, you know, something like that. Yeah. This is all Barney's fault. He kept talking about how good a race this was. It was. Back in Phoenix, lap 245 on the board. We are looking at 312 as the total distance. 312 miles is 500 kilometers. Davey Allison, not only is he not showing any mercy, Barney, but we've just gotten the numbers from uh, timing and scoring in the Lickety Split Award sponsored by Tyson. Davey has just turned in the quickest lap of the entire day. Normally the Lickety Split Award goes to somebody on you know, lap three or lap four or something like that. Well, on lap 187, not all that long ago, Davey's speed of 125.501. So he is turning in the quickest lap of the day in the latter portion of the uh, Pi Royal 500. He leads the Tyson Lickety Split Award, also leads the True Value Hard Charger competition. Jeff Bodine now in second in that particular uh, contest, although on the racetrack, Jeff is running in the eighth spot. And he's just moved around Ricky Rudd also and has lapped Rudd here this afternoon, so that'll give you an idea of how quick he's getting around this racetrack. He's threatening to lap an awful lot of cars the way he's getting around the speedway in the latter stages of the Pyro 500 here this afternoon. 247 laps are complete. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. We're sitting alongside Bill Schmidt, who was involved in a caution earlier in the day. Bill, what happened to the car? Had a pretty good run going. Well, we we, we were kind of a little bit behind the ball there for a while, but we, we started getting the car dialed in, and, and everything was working pretty good. And I guess I ran over something or something up there in turn between one and two. The, the, tire, the right front tire went down, and I got real loose and started spinning out. And I, I thought I had it all corrected, and uh, 
ended up hitting the wall head on and it kind of ruined the car. That's kind of unusual, Bill. What happened to you is the exact same thing that happened to Stanley Smith just a few laps earlier. Any particular reason for that, you think? Well, I don't know. There must be something in the track or laying on the track up there that everybody missed, but maybe between Stanley and I, we picked it up. Maybe tough to win that Winston West championship now, but you got a guy named Butch Gilliland breathing down your neck for second position. That's right. But uh, hopefully that uh, everything worked out right. I think I'll make it. That's Bill Schmidt. He's out of it this afternoon, but still hoping to hold on to second position in the Winston West points chase. As we said, he's one of the most likable people that we have met in the Winston West division, been racing a lot of years. And I understand that they intend to expand the Winston West uh, situation next year to where they'll run almost double the amount of races they did this year. Have you heard there, anything about that? There had been some talk about that. I've not heard anything announced officially, but uh, over the last number of years, they've been sitting anywhere between 8, 9, and 12 events, and uh, they're looking for uh, a larger schedule because certainly there's plenty of interest here on the West Coast. Uh, every time they show up, be it a short track road course or a super speedway, they always get good crowd. So uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Of course, we'll tell you about those type of items and much more throughout the course of the winter months as uh, we'll be on the air each and every week, even outside of the racing season. We'll have our NASCAR Today show hosted by Alan Bestwick, and I'll be along on Tuesday nights with NASCAR Live. And then before much longer, we'll be back in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida for Speed Weeks 1992. And then from there, the Bush Series and Winston Cup Series pick right back up again. And we certainly hope that your radio station will be along with us again in 1992 because this year we've had hundreds of stations across the country bringing racing to thousands and actually millions of racing fans. If you'd like to uh, let the station know that you appreciate their involvement in NASCAR racing, you might want to just drop them a quick note or a letter, give them a phone call, and say thank you for their following the Winston Cup Series and the Bush Series coast-to-coast with MRN Radio. And to let you know what station you're listening to, we'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Alongside Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold, the entire MRN crew here in the Valley of the Sun. 13 cars on the lead lap. Davey Allison is the race leader, but now we're beginning to see pit stops on the part of some. Rusty Wallace is slowing. Jeff Bodine is on pit road. Kyle Petty is already in. Dick Brooks. Well, I think uh, it's about that time, and these guys, as they're uh, slipping back a little bit, need to come in and get some tires. Uh, you know, they might can run a little bit longer, but if the times is getting too slow, where they need tires, they come in and get them, they top the gas off and go on. Rusty Wallace's car is also in the pits. Michael Walter will pit his car. Kyle Petty is in. And Jim, tell us, what would they go here, Maxim? 85, maybe 90 laps at the most? About 85 laps to 90 laps. If you stretch it out, of course, we know that Davey Allison does not get as good a gas mileage as some of the teams, and Jeff Bodine get more. But Jeff Bodine was one of the first cars in. So about 85 laps, we figure, on a conservative estimate for gas mileage range here, but... Like uh, Dick pointed out, the uh, tires go away a lot quicker than the gas here. And this has been 73 laps since we saw the caution flag bring the uh, leaders on a pit road on lap number 80 in the aftermath of that Larry Pearson spin. So they're cutting it just a shade bit here conservatively, that's all. Lap 255, Morgan Shepard brings the motorcraft forward in. And here comes the third place runner, Alan Kulwicki, into the attention of Paul Andrews and the boys. Jim Phillips? Big Joe Covington and Ed Leslie race around the right side. Of course, Danny Glad is on the jack. Uh, Alan Kowicki, the 1988 winner here at the Phoenix International Raceway. They're going to change all four tires. We've had uh, different combinations today. Some of the teams that gained track position have only changed two. Jimmy Spencer is one of those. But this time, he's getting four tires. He just rolled on to the pit lane. 
changing four tires on his machine. The dash is down 21.3 on the Allen Kowicki pit stop. Jimmy Spencer's car also in. Uh, these are routine stops, but they're coming under green. It will be a four-tire change for all the cars, and likely they will be able to go the distance, or we're going to assume they will be from here to the finish unless they have a problem this afternoon. Here's the leader, Davey Allison. Peels out of turn number four and will bring the Texaco Haviland Thunderbird onto pit road and will follow the leader's stop. Brings it in very carefully. He has pitted all the way down toward turn number one, which lies to the west end of the speedway. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, they want to make sure that he doesn't overspeed down pit road. When he gets down here, he can't hardly overspeed out, but he's got to be careful coming in. He's been out there riding for 75, 80 miles at uh, the speeds they're running at. When you turn off of there and start down pit road, it's hard, really hard to judge your speed. Like coming off of a freeway or something onto a, an off-ramp or onto a slower road, it's awful hard to judge your speed. So they, uh, they just want to be careful. They put four tires on it. They've got to pull a fuel, and away he goes. Uh, here comes the Earnhardt car. Uh, the car of Ricky Rudd came in just behind Davy Allison. Went back out just behind him, even though he's a lap down. Dale Earnhardt's in. They've got uh, the right side off. They're uh, just about to do the left side now, and they'll have him back on the track in a minute. Darrell Waltrip is in, as we said. Also, Dale Earnhardt brings his car on the pit road. Terry Labonte was in just a moment ago. The car that is ne- should be uh, the leader right now would be... Ernie Irvin, car number four, the Kodak Film Chevrolet. He has yet to come into the attention of Tony Glover and the fellas, so he is now being shown as the race leader. All of this taking place between laps 253 now to lap 259, so you can see how some teams get a little better fuel mileage than others. Kenny Schrader is on pit road for service, and this really the first series of green flag pit stops that we have seen today. We have had 10 caution flags up to this point, but the last one was on lap one. 78, some 81 laps or so ago. And consequently, we're beginning to see these green flag pit stops for the first time this afternoon. And for this very moment, we're on lap 260. And here comes Ernie Irvin on the pit lane. So that could well recycle us back around towards Davey Allison as the race leader. We'll reset it for you as soon as we come back. The last few teams making their green flag pit stops here at Phoenix International Raceway. Rick Mast and Ted Musgrave on pit road. So we have cycled back around now to Davey Allison, the leader. Darrell Waltrip second. Sterling Marlin third. Alan Kowicki fourth. Fifth belongs to Rusty Wallace. Sixth is Ernie Irvin. Seventh is Ted Musgrave. And eighth now will be Jimmy Spencer. Ninth in the uh, running order at the moment is Brett, excuse me, is Jeff Bodine. And tenth is Dale Earnhardt. Eleventh is Bobby Hamilton. Twelfth, Derek Cope. 13th belongs to Morgan Shepard. 14th, Ricky Rudd. 15th is Terry Labonte. 16th spot is the Mark Martin car. 17th is Rick Wilson. 18th now they are showing Brett Bodine. 19th, Ken Schrader. And 20th, Kyle Petty. 21st is Joe Rutman. 22nd, Michael Waltrip. Bill Sedgwick is 23rd. 24th is Harry Gant. 25th belongs to the Mike Chase entry. 26th is Bill Elliott. He's five laps down, by the way, if you're just joining us. 27th spot is Butch Gilliland. Herschel McGriff is 28th. 29th is Rick Mast. And 30th is Chad Little. The only other car running on the racetrack in 31st position will be the Jimmy Means car, driven here today by Mike Wallace. And we'll just put the clock on Davey Allison. And even after that round of green flag pit stops, now they've all gone back onto the racetrack, Davey is still at least a little better than seven seconds ahead of the second-place car, Daryl Waltrip. So things are just going Davey Allison's way here this afternoon. Once they did get in the lead earlier this afternoon, they do not seem to have missed a beat all day long. There have been some challenges on him, but nobody's been able to take the lead away. For the moment, Daryl Waltrip is the nearest car to him. 
moving up into the number three position after that round of pit stops right now is Sterling Marlin, and being shown fourth would be Alan Kowicki, and fifth is Rusty Wallace, but they're all pretty well spaced out around this racetrack. No really tight, close racing like we saw the first 150 laps of the event here earlier in the day. We're talking about a season that Davey Allison had a moment ago and what a year it has been, and except for some poor finishes in the early part of the Winston Cup season that he could be leading the Winston Cup points title. And Davey said yesterday, no matter what happens here at Phoenix this weekend or Atlanta next weekend, we have had one heck of a year. We've had a great season, Barney. You know, and I, I can't say enough about the work the guys have done for me all year. And, and what Larry McReynolds has meant to this team speaks for itself. You know, all you got to do is go back to Darlington and match up our point totals versus Dale Earnhardt's point totals. And, you know, from that point forward, and we're right there with them for the rest of the year. So uh, it, it, he coming over here was a big turnaround by getting him over here. But then everybody else has just really piped in and, and done their job and we worked hard. And they hadn't let anything get them down all year. We've had a couple of bad races, but we've had a lot of good ones. And Davey Allison said also, I asked him, I said, can the team be even better in 1992? Can this team get better? Well, we see some areas that we can make some improvements. Uh, and Larry and Robert and myself and all the guys, that's what we want to do. We want to make ourselves better. We feel like we better right, we're better right now than we ever have been. But if you ever get content and you think you're as good as you're going to get, that's, that's when you level off. And we feel like we can come back next year and, and be contenders to win more races and be contenders to win the championship. And there's some things we got to improve on to be able to do that. That's what we're going to be working for. So not good news for the other teams. Uh, and I, I'm, I, I kind of feel like Davey Allison just said, I think they can be even better in 1992. I think they can be. And this team uh, with Larry McReynolds having come over midseason, as we were talking, uh, that's been a big shot in the arm. As a matter of fact, we've got still plenty of racing left here today. But if the race ended at this very moment, Davey Allison would take over second place in the Winston Cup points. With Davey currently leading and in a position to lead the most laps of the day, with Dale Earnhardt ninth and Ricky Rudd in 12th, that would give Dale Earnhardt a 160-point lead over Davey Allison and a 168-point lead over third-place Ricky Rudd with one race remaining. Again, all of that is still very much up in the air since we do have uh, about another uh, 30, 40 laps or so remaining in this event. We're at lap 273, heading to lap 312. So this one is far from over. But the way it's standing right at this very second, Ricky Rudd only could not uh, gain on Dale Earnhardt. He might end up losing points and drop the third behind Davey Allison. Well, anything can happen with uh, the laps that we have remaining. 274 on the board. Closest thing to a good race on the speedway right now is for third place. Sterling Marlin's beginning to feel a lot of pressure from Alan Kowicki as that battle works off into turn one. Well, Sterling just passed Alan about five laps ago, and Alan has just not let him get away. They've been doing some moving around, working through some of the lap traffic. Right now, just about a car length separates the two as they head to turn three. And they're running a good 15 or 20 car lengths behind second place Darrell Waltrip. So Darrell not in danger of losing that spot yet as third and fourth run off of turn four. Still getting a little bit closer back and forth for that third place. Meanwhile, Davey Allison just continues to put more space between himself and the second place car, Darrell Walker. Darrell's got a lot of traffic to work that car through uh, before the end of this race if he's going to catch Davey Allison. But the way Davey's been getting around the speedway all day long, 
going to be awfully hard to chase him down, assuming he doesn't have any mechanical problems toward the end. He's about to put Jeff Bodine a lap down as he catches Bodine down in turn number one. That's how strong that car has been. He'll go right on around Jeff out of turn number two. Well, will he or won't he? They go off that corner door to door, and Bodine doesn't want to go a lap down. They really get with it as they head up to turn three. Bodine showing some muscle down the back straightaway, but he'll be in the outside lane as they come to the entrance of the corner. There's lap traffic down to the inside. Going to hold Davey Allison up for a moment, but he'll put the car up alongside Bodine anyway. There's a good battle coming back to the stripe. Davey Allison, the race leader. Jeff Bodine trying to stay on the lead lap, and for the moment, he'll do so. Of course, Jeff started on the bush pole here today, and he had a $167,000 bonus from Unical. If he had won from the pole, and if he doesn't win today, that money would roll over to $174,800 in time for the Hardee's 500 in Atlanta. And that battle's still a good one in turn three. Allison down to the inside, slides up a little bit, trying to force Jeff Bodine out of the groove in four. And it finally works for Davey Allison, and he will put Jeff Bodine a lap down. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. 282 laps are on the board as this race winds its way towards a conclusion. 312 making up the total distance. 312 kilometers, rather 312 miles, 500 kilometers here in Phoenix, Arizona this afternoon. All sorts of hot air balloons now uh, beginning to rise up over turn number two. A number of the uh, car makers, Oldsmobile, Pontiac, uh, Winston having hot air balloons. Uh, the Navy, Kodak, uh, Tony the Tiger is here as well. Didn't want to uh, miss out on the festivities good-looking balloon. Yeah, it is. Uh, Waiting for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade to break out over there. They always make this racetrack so colorful. At one time, we came here for a race probably in 88 or 89, and they had a balloon flyaway just out in the valley somewhere up toward the airport uh, nearby Goodyear, Arizona. There was about 15 or 20 went up early one morning. It was a beautiful sight against the desert sky and the mountains and everything here. We've talked about it, and the folks who probably have a chance to watch it on TV and listen to us and whatever always hear us say that this is probably one of the prettiest settings or backdrops for a racetrack that we go to. And indeed it is to see the giant cactus over in the mountains and the desert in the, off in the distance and looking out. It seems like you can see for 100 miles out to the horizon here at this racetrack. And they have made such great improvements with all brand new seats here and everything else. And uh, I don't know if we touched on it or not. This race had to be a sellout as far as all the reserve seats in the mountain that we talk about being down to the east end of the speedway that backs up to the Indian Reservation here. There's a good six, eight, ten thousand people. I can't count a crowd that way, but there's an awful lot of folks sitting up on that mountain. And something unique here, too, Joe Moore, out there where you are, they've even built uh, bleachers on top of the high-rise building that houses all the luxury suites there in turn one. This building was four stories high last year, and I was sitting up here completely by myself. This year, there's about uh, maybe a 1,000 people up here with me. They've built uh, bleachers about six or maybe eight rows high, and many of the folks from the suites, the VIP suites down below, have come up to enjoy the beautiful uh, afternoon. As far as the weather's concerned, here we get a great view of the race, and you can certainly see it all from up here. And he and Dick Brooks have been looking at the balloons up in that end of the speedway also this afternoon as Mark Martin brings his car onto pit road. Let's follow that stop. Dick? Well, they're going to come in and change uh, four tires, I expect. Yeah, they're going to do the four tires on the car. They uh, a little bit out of sequence on their stops because of the problem they've had. They, uh, you know, they had to put a battery in the car. They've had some handling problems with it. They've got the right sides done now. They're around to the left side. They're loose as they start to pull those off the wheel. Put the right side back on. They've got it full of fuel. Actually, they didn't put but one can in. They don't need a whole can of fuel. Up, and he dropped it, stalled it. And there it goes. And he's in a hurry. 
Mark Martin, not been a good day here for him, Eli. And there's not a team here that needs to win a race any worse than the, the Martin team do because we talk about what a great year they'd had last year. And to go winless in 1991 would be almost unheard of for a team of that caliber. Well, they still have a chance in two weeks at uh, the Atlanta Motor Speedway, a racetrack that over the years, as a matter of fact, has uh, done well for the Ford uh, nameplate. We want to remind you again that uh, you may have heard that the 21,000 seat new grandstand that they built in Atlanta is now sold out in addition to all the other seats, but they have also now come up with 3,500 new temporary seats. I guess they found some more bleachers and they've trucked them on into some little open space there at the racetrack where they have 3,500 new seats available at the Atlanta Motor Speedway for the Hardee's 500 on November the 17th. The ticket office open 9 until 5 Monday through Saturday, 1 until 5 Eastern times on Sunday. Again, our broadcast schedule from the Atlanta Motor Speedway on Friday the 15th. We'll have the Bush Pole Show beginning at 2.20 Eastern time. Then Saturday afternoon the 16th, our pit road preview as part of our coverage of the ARCA race that goes on that afternoon. Then the Hardys 500 from the Atlanta Motor Speedway here on MRN at 12.30 Eastern time, two weeks from today, November the 17th. And again, the ticket office is open. There are tickets available despite what you might have heard back in the Atlanta area. They are not sold out, so give a call and uh, get yourself in for the season finale. Well, the laps are winding down here at Phoenix this afternoon. 291 are on the board. 312 will make up the Pyroll 500. And the leader is Davey Allison. And Alan Bestwick right now looks like he has almost about a 10-second advantage over the second-place car, Daryl Walter. Just marching on, Barney, as smooth as can be through this end of the racetrack, not fighting the wheel at all. He's back on the gas early in the apex of the corner and everything going Allison's way so far. Well, you're about as close as you can be to being exactly right, Barney. 9.99 seconds. He's at about a 10-second edge, and that's exactly what it is. We got that on the interval the last time Davey came by. So he continues to run awfully well in the Winston Cup point chase. Right now, Dale Earnhardt running in ninth spot. Ricky Rudd is running in 12th, so that remains unchanged from what we told you a short while ago. Uh, Davey Allison would, uh, in this scenario, move ahead of Ricky Rudd at the second spot of the points. Still, though, trailing uh, Dale Earnhardt by some 160 or so. Let's go back to Pitt Road. Well, Eli, uh, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award has been chosen. Probably rightfully so. Uh, the Daryl Waldrop team to Jeff Hammond, the crew chief, and uh, they've been uh, had a tough year, and they've got the car running pretty well today. Jeff, you've just picked up a thousand dollars from Western Auto for the Mechanical Race Award. That gives you a chance at that twenty-five grand, also. So, what are you going to do with a thousand dollars? You going to split it up with the rest of us? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, you can't you can't have a good day like this unless everybody on the team is working good, good pit stops, good preparations. And one heck of a run by our driver out there, Darrell Walton. You know, and we like keeping the money in the family whenever we can. You know, the Western Auto people are, are really super fine people, and I have a really distinct privilege to be able to work with them, you know, on a daily basis. And to be able to, you know, win awards that they put up for all the guys is very special to me and all the guys on the team. I think that, uh, in my opinion, Western Auto came in this year, a little bit last year, but they came in this year kind of dabbling into this thing, and they got serious about it. And uh, Western Auto is a good company. They've been around as long as I can remember and uh, doing a good thing here. They're passing out $1,000 to these crew chiefs. At the end of the year, they can get a chance to get a pretty good amount of money if uh, they got the points right. I think it's a good help. I'm proud to have part of Western Auto around. Been a big program in NASCAR in 1991. 295 laps around the board. It'll all be over here very shortly. 
And I wish we could bring you a description of a real tight race all the way back through the field, but unfortunately the field has really spread out since that last round of pit stops. Davey Allison is the leader by almost a full 10 seconds. Darrell Waltrip is second. It's about eight or nine seconds from Waltrip back to the third-place car of Sterling Marlin, and there's a pretty good gap between Sterling right now and Alan Kowicki, and maybe the closest thing to a battle would be for that fourth place right now as Rusty Wallace is at least within striking distance of taking away the fourth position before this race would be over. From the Phoenix International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Davey Allison picking his way through race traffic to put lap number 299 on the board as we welcome you back to Phoenix International Raceway. The Pie Royal 500 in the waning laps, just 13 laps remaining. We're awaiting Darrell Waltrip's return to the start-finish line. Here comes the Western Auto Chevrolet. Now 10 and 6 10 seconds back. So Davey Allison continuing to pull away here with just a dozen miles remaining in this event. 299 laps are on the board. 312 will make up the race here this afternoon. Afternoon. The Motor Racing Network radio broadcast crew will be voting the P. Canterbury's Coolest Move of the Race Award to the driver, crew chief, or team who makes the coolest move of the day here. And there are an awful lot of candidates for that, and we'll be voting that as soon as the event is over later this afternoon. As we said, the field a little bit strung out right now in the waning stages of the Pie Royal 500. It's been an absolutely gorgeous week all week long here at the Phoenix International Raceway. 12 miles to go, 300 laps are on the scoreboard here right now as they continue to work around chasing Davey Allison. Here's Allison, the leader, out of turn number four. He's moved away from some of the lap traffic that he was working in a moment ago. Only a couple of lap cars directly ahead, Joe Moore. He's closing in on the Harry Gant car. Gant not running up to speed, so that'll be easy to flash on by him. Directly ahead of Gant, though, the Mark Martin car. Martin almost as fast as some of the race leaders, but he well off the pace as well. Some smoke still coming from Martin's car as they go back to turn three. And the entrance to turn number three. Here's Allison. He'll go up to the high side now to try and put another lap on Harry Gant. He's off turn four. As they work back off the corner to the start-finish line, there'll be 10 laps remaining this time by. If you're wondering about the Winston Cup championship contenders, Dale Earnhardt right now still running in the ninth spot. He is a goodly distance behind eighth and a good distance ahead of 10th. So there's really no chance for him to make a move there. Ricky Rudd, meanwhile, who has been running in the 12th spot of late, has moved around Terry Labonte and moved up into the 11th spot. So that will change the point standings around just a little bit. We'll update you certainly as soon as the checkered flag falls. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at Phoenix International Raceway, nine more miles, and it'll all be over in the Pie Royal 500 this afternoon. Davey Allison has just had a flawless day. The race for about 150 laps, a little more than half of it this afternoon, was about as intense a racing as you could see anywhere on the East Coast or anywhere else here at Phoenix. Then it seemed to get spread out a little bit, and a lot of the teams looked like in the latter stages of the race, the cars just simply went away and would not handle through either end of this racetrack. But nevertheless, Davey Allison hasn't missed a beat all day long as Allison continues to set the pace. Right now, he's within distance of just about seeing that checkered flag. Some eight more miles to go. With the exception of the period during those green flag pit stops a short while back, Davey Allison has been the leader since lap 146. Again, he did yield the lead for a handful of laps there during the sequencing of the pit stops. But otherwise, Davey took the lead after... uh, passing Jimmy Spencer on lap 146 and has really not been headed at all since then. 305 laps on the board, 312 making up the distance in the Pie Royal 500. Still Dale Earnhardt running on the lead lap in eighth position now as he has made a move around the Morgan Shepard car 
Also, Ricky Rudd dropping into the 10th spot right now. So the Winston Cup Point Chase Championship will not wrap up here unless something strange happens. It'll be heading on down to the season finale in Atlanta in a couple of weeks' time. It's amazing how that happens each year. Yeah, it really is. And it's uh, it could have been a five-way battle just as easily, except for some of the teams because Dale Earnhardt having some problems uh, about midway through the season, or at least the last two-thirds of the season here. Dale has had some problems at about four or five races in a row. But ironically, the teams that were the, within striking distance to really make up some ground on him had problems almost the same day, and almost uh, every week at Earnhardt had problems. Four or five teams that could have really closed in on him seemed to have the same kind of problems that Earnhardt did. Been a strange year. 307 laps are on the scoreboard. Davey Allison takes it out of turn number two and heads up to three. Davey Allison halfway down the back straightaway, now through the second apex of that double dog leg. He'll come down to the inside of turn number three. Left side tires hugging right along the line, down by the safety apron. He's off of four. Here he comes back to the stripe as the fans now begin to ring their way around victory lane, just adjacent to the infield media center here at Phoenix International Raceway. 308 laps on the board with Davey Allison in turn two. Right down to the bottom of the racetrack, Davey closing in on some more lap cars. Directly ahead, Michael Waltrip and Mike Chase as he heads down the back stretch. Allison again will go to the outside of that lap traffic. He'll come up and move around. Michael Waltrip's Pennzoil Pontiac picking his way very carefully through the corner. He's back on the throttle, flashes under the Goodyear Bridge. Davey Allison taking the high line around Michael Waltrip out of turn number four, points it in a straight line, heads off back into turn number one. As we said, this field pretty well strung out. Davey right now has almost a half a lap lead on Darrell Waltrip, the second place car. Still riding third is Sterling Marlin. Fourth will be Alan Kowicki and rounding out the top five is Rusty Wallace. They're all still on the lead lap but in no danger of catching Davey Allison if he doesn't have any problems. Allison takes it low into the corner over in turn number three. Has only two lap cars directly ahead this time. As the laps wind down, he'll put 310 on the scoreboard, just two more miles, and Davey Allison can head to victory lane. He's back in turn one. About a half a straightaway away from catching those two lap cars. Those would be Mike Wallace driving the Jimmy Means Alka-Seltzer Pontiac and also the Mark Martin car directly ahead. For now, some clear sailing as Davey Allison takes it off turn two and hits the backstretch. Allison begins the bear down on turn number three now off the throttle and tapping the brakes he brings the car all the way to the bottom of the racetrack now buries the throttle he heads off the corner looking for the white flag Davey Allison comes out of turn number four these fans will be coming on their feet to cheer him on his victory lap he gets the white flag and takes it off into turn one and the hats come off the fans begin to cheer as Davey for the last time brings it back down into turn number one to the bottom of the racetrack gingerly taking his way off turn number two he'll close in on the Mike Wallace car the last car he'll have to deal with as he hits to turn three the thousands of race fans Lining the mountainside in turn four, standing and cheering as Davey Allison brings the Haviland Ford into the corner for the final time. He's headed off the corner now down to the start-finish line. Davey Allison, he's had a great year with four wins already. It'll be number five here at Phoenix this afternoon. Davey Allison wins the Pyroyal 500. Second spot goes to Darrell Waltrip. Sterling Marlin and Alan Kulwicki have had a pretty good battle all day long. They'll come underneath the Goodyear Bridge with Kulwicki taking home third spot. Sterling Marlin will will also get in the uh, finishing order now as they'll sort things out. And interestingly, Davey Allison, pending verification from NASCAR, should move into second place in the Winston Cup points. Let's go down to the Haviland pit area. Well, Eli, we're down there where, the, where they were all happy and jumping. I was trying to get up to victory lane. It's a long ways up here, so I've left down there. But I talked to them just a little bit earlier about maybe moving into second place in the points, and they were tickled to death about that. So that's a lot of the joy down there. Well, there's a lot of things left to settle at the final race in Atlanta that will be coming up in two weeks. 312 laps on the board, and all over. Here's Davey Allison coming down pit road. He'll be heading to victory lane in a moment. We'll be right back. 
NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. We're back at Phoenix International Raceway. A quick rundown of the top five unofficially. Davey Allison, the winner, finishing second. Darrell Walker, finishing third, will be Sterling Marlin. Fourth will go to Alan Kowicki and Rusty Wallace round out the top five. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, we have Dale Earnhardt, uh, who could wrap up the Western Cup Championship today, but Dale, you fell just a little bit short today. You're going to go into Atlanta with a 156-point lead over now, Davey Allison. Well, all i got to do is start down there. i got a lot of deer hunting to do between now and then. If I can just not fall out of a tree, I'll be okay. How about the race today? Your car didn't seem to have exactly what you had last year here at this yeah, racetrack. It wasn't uh, up to par. It was uh, off on handling and off on the engine a little bit. Uh, you know, we missed it. We come out and tested and thought we had a good setup, but we was way off. You got up to third place one time. At that point, you had to feel pretty good, though, about your chances. Well, we did, but then uh, dropped the green. They just drove the motor away from us, so that's the way it goes. Tell me about the, uh, the save you had over in turn number four though, over there. Oh, that- that was ridiculous. The car was loose, and I just kept driving and driving and driving. Finally, I hung it out way too much. Around and around I went. <laughs> that's, the, that's Dale Earnhardt. He said he's going to do a lot of hunting this week uh, up in Michigan. So he's going to be chasing white-tailed deer this week. Did a heck of a job of saving that car up there, and we'll talk about that. Uh, it could be one of the peak cool moves of the race. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. Darrell Waltrip's crawled out of his Chevrolet. Darrell, a good run for you today. Boy, you started out like you were shot out of a cannon and stayed up there all day long. Well, you, you said something about that, uh, like we faltered at the end. We were running real good at the end. The whole, the whole deal was 28 years faster than we were. And uh, then I saw I couldn't catch him. I backed off a little bit to conserve a little something in case I got in a race with anybody. And Dernier backed off too much, got in a race with Sterling and a couple of guys. But this car was good all day. The crew was fantastic, in and out, uh, just wonderful. want to praise the Lord for a good day, a great day. We needed it. Darrell, there's a lot of rubber on the side of the car. Was, how was the track conditions today? They were really better than I anticipated. I think that rubber basically is from the sealer that they put on the racetrack, and it's real sticky type sealer, and these tires have just uh, adhered, uh, picked up a lot of rubber and stuck it up on the race car. My front end looks like I've been in a wreck, and I haven't really touched anybody. It's got big holes blown in it. So like Darrell said, a great run for the Western Auto Chevrolet. He comes home second this afternoon. Good run for Darrell here. And the True Value Hard Charger uh, points for the day, Davey Allison obviously will lead that. Uh, finishing second in it would be Darrell Walter. Jeff Bodine would run third. Alan Kowicki fourth. And Sterling Marlin fifth. And the Ho- uh, Holly Farms Tyson Lickety a Split Award this afternoon. Davey Allison ran a, a lap on lap 264, a speed of 122.658 miles an hour. And the quickest lap of the day overall was Davey on lap 187 of 125.501. So Davey Allison winning the Tyson Lickety Split Award here at Phoenix International Raceway today. The way things stack up again as we get set to head back downstairs, the race leader is uh, race winner, Davey Allison, will move into second place in the Winston Cup points, 156 behind the point leader, Dale Earnhardt. Ricky Rudd will be 165 points behind in third as it uh, is unofficially given to us right now here at Phoenix. Let's go back downstairs. Well, Davey Allison's gotten out of his car doing a lot of waving and jumping and everybody doing a lot of patting and handing, and I tell you, Davey, you, uh, I'm sure somebody's told you already, but you went into second place in the points. You moved ahead of Ricky just a little bit. You're only 156 points out of first place, which is possible at, uh, at down in Atlanta. So uh, you had a good day all day. And the thing kind of just can't, keeps coming, coming along. If I could get to where I could talk, things just keep coming along for you. Every time it seems to get just a little bit stronger. Well, I'll tell you, Dick, uh, you know, i got to hand it to all these guys, Robert Gates. You know, he's just been a tremendous car owner for us. And Larry McReynolds, you can, it's obvious what he's meant to this team and to me. And I tell you, these guys, they work hard. They give it 
I, I probably work them harder than any other driver on the circuit. You know, we change things and we look for things, we search, and, and we've come up with some things that really work. And, uh, you know, if it weren't for those guys sticking behind me, we'd be out here struggling like some of these other teams are. And that's why we're so strong right now. The communication is great and everybody is really pumped up and, you know, they're not afraid to do what I ask them to do. By the, the first third of the race, you were just kind of oh humming there. I mean, you were hanging in good. And then by the middle of the race, you started getting pretty strong. And by the end, you just went away. Did the track get better for you? You get something better in the handling or you just get to feeling better? Well, we changed a bunch of stuff on the car this morning. We were, really were not good yesterday afternoon in practice. And I had an idea. I felt like I knew what it took. And, you know, I talked with my Uncle Donnie a little bit and Larry McReynolds and I all at a, at a Texaco dinner last night. And we came out, we made some changes this morning. And, and it really worked. You know, early in the race, I just sat back there and felt the car out. You know, I felt that the car would run good. And, you know, we were counting on a long green flag spell coming up toward the end of the race. And it, and it came around for us. And that just let us stretch it on out. Uh, but this Texaco Havilland Krispy Kreme Thunderbird just been awesome lately. And we've been racing good. You know, we're here in Victory Lane today. And we want to thank everybody that's, that's been a part of it. You know, without them all, we wouldn't be here. And the guys back at the shop, they do a great job. And oh, engine she just hummed today. We just sat out there and really didn't even have to run it hard the last half. Well, you got everything here. You got the Tyson Award uh, for the fastest lap. You got the right guard award for the middle of the race. And you got uh, victory lane at the end. So, boy, you just about got a pack full. Well, you know, uh, we were real lucky. Uh, we, we had good pit stops all day. And they, get, they did a great job in there. And the, and the car was really fast. And I just had to be careful and pick my way through traffic and not do anything crazy, you know. A couple times it got tight over there when I was passing Jimmy Spencer right before the halfway point. I got on the outside of him, and I don't think he knew I was there. And we got together a little bit, and I backed off and gave him room and waited a lap. And then I took some some room at another place and went on by him. But, uh, you know, it was just a great race for us. And can't say enough for the guys that work on this thing, man. It's just such a pleasure. Things are so different now than they ever have been. This is We won from 13th place today. That's my 13th career Winston Cup victory, and it's my 13th season. So I'm on cloud nine right now. I tell you, ain't nothing wrong with 13. He's got his mother and his dad here, Bobby and Judy, and they uh, they all hugging and kissing. There's a happy bunch of Allisons here today. Davey Allison, the winner here this afternoon. Let's check back in in the garage. We're with uh, third-place finisher, Sterling Marlin. Sterling, what a difference a pit stop or two makes. <laughs> yeah, we had them going our way uh, pretty early there, and uh, the car just drove real good. And, uh, you know, with somebody could hurt us, was down on power just a little bit. They could pull us a little down the straightaway, but we could murder them in the corners. But... Uh, we got a jack broke or something on one stop, went way back, and, uh, you know, track position is really important here. And, uh, we just got way back, and, uh, you know, once we got free of traffic, we could run the same speed Davey was, but uh, he was a half lap ahead of us or a quarter lap. So, uh, you know, the boys did a good, good, good job getting the car set up, and, uh, you know, like I say, hello to everybody back home, slowing forward, and uh, be on tomorrow. We'll see you. Well, you still got uh, one more shot for that uh, first win this year. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, while well, the car run yesterday evening that uh, we could get it today, and the car drove real good. I think we had a car capable of winning the race, and uh, like I said, trap position cost us, and, uh, man, we're going to go to Atlanta and just, uh, you know, thrash it out down there and uh, try to get them down there. That's Sterling Marlin. Good run for him today. Third place finish today. And, Barney, you and I were talking about it. We'll uh, consider Sterling as uh, one of those guys who might just win the uh, Have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award. We'll talk about that a bit later on as we uh, wind up our coverage here in Phoenix. But time right now for MRN to select the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award winner. $500 going to the man voted... 
to deserve that honor by the MRN crew. Joe Moore, let's open it up with you in turns one and two. There were several great saves at the end of the speedway between turns one and two, but I think the best I saw all day was up in turn four, the one we mentioned several times already today, that save by Dale Earnhardt to keep his car going straight and keep it off the wall. I'll vote for Dale Earnhardt. Alan Bestwick? That was so early in the race, it could have cost Earnhardt a bunch if he'd gotten into the wall and bent the car, so i got to go that way too. Jim Phillips? Go with uh, Dale Earnhardt also because it was a great sale there, but got the fifth place finisher, Rusty Wallace. Rusty, you got up there and then you fell back a little bit and then you got back up there again to run with him. Yeah, I sure did. The car ran great. Bought a motor, Miller, uh, motor had a lot of power and the guys did a wonderful job on pit stops. They were they were like down on the pit stops the first three stops and boy, after that, they took off like a son of a gunner. We had great stops and the uh, motor ran perfect, but the driver short circuited out there. I was about lap 250. I was trying to outsmart Allison. I was going to pit before he did, and he had fresher tires and maybe nip him at the end there if I could. That's the only way we were going to beat him on, on tires. And uh, I got too high in the racetrack trying to get a good bite coming off a of turn two and jumped over the cushion there and got the wall a little bit and bent a couple ball joints and uh, bounced back off and kept going. and still got a fifth out of the deal, but uh, it would have run a lot faster if I wouldn't have <laughs> drove a little too hard up in that fence. That's Rusty Wallace, fifth place finish today. Continuing our voting on the peak cool move of the race award, let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, I guess uh, Earnhardt had the most to lose and did an awful good job of keeping it together twice down there, I guess, so why not? Winston Kelly? We were standing at the end of pit road watching that. Uh, can't go anywhere but with Dale Earnhardt before we throw it away. Caught up with Alan Kowicki. Alan, another good run here at Phoenix. You've had a first, an 11th, and a 6th. Something about this track that comes around for the Hooters forward. I like it here. We had a good run today, and uh, pretty clean race for us all the way around. The car ran real, real well. It, it handled real well. Uh, we weren't quite as quick as Davey. They were about equal with most of the rest of the top cars. And it's a good close run, very competitive race. Uh, a good finish, not a win, but, you know, the guys in the crew did a good job. little damage to the windshield on the passenger side, what would be the passenger side of the car. What happened there? Well, I don't know. I came out to fourth turn when I was chasing Rusty there, and I don't know if it was a rock or glob, glob of rubber or something like that, but, you know, it, he kicked it up. Uh, it must have got under his tires or something. It hit the windshield, and it, it smashed it pretty good, but uh, wasn't really a problem for us. Uh, you know, everything went fairly smooth for us today. Alan Kowicki improves on his winning percentage here. He's finished an average of sixth here at Phoenix. He comes home fourth in the Hooters Ford. Well, Barney Dale Earnhardt has already got five votes in the Peak Award, and I'm going to add another one as well because when he spun there on lap 55 and then when he had that bumping uh, incident with Jeff Bodine in the car, got out of shape, and he saved it again on lap 188. So I'll nominate Dale Earnhardt as well. Well, I saw a real cool move made by the winner, Davey Allison, uh, going out of turn two when he got three wide over there early in the event. Uh, I'll give an honorable mention to him, but let's make it unanimous for Dale Earnhardt. So Dale Earnhardt takes home $500 from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant as the winner of the Peak Cool Move of the Race Award. We'll be back in a minute. Back at Phoenix International Raceway, the event going to Davey Allison today. The Pyroyal 500, a very competitive race throughout the course of the afternoon. A number of lead changes. Unofficial average speed, 95.711 miles an hour. And Barney, you and I were talking during the break. The Have a Tampa and Philly Cigar Award, $500. The Close But No Cigar Award. Uh, you suggested Sterling Marlin when we were talking earlier. It's probably as good a suggestion as any. Well, I, I kind of feel like it is because Sterling... Ended up back at the tail end of the pack a couple of times early in the event and worked his way back to the front and overcame adversity a couple of times a day to come home with a third-place run, and I would kind of cast a vote in that direction for the Have a Tampa Award. 
So our congratulations and $500 to Sterling Marlin, winner of the uh, Have a Tampa Close But No Cigar Award. And we've just gotten word from the press box now that the members of the press covering today's Pie Royal 500 have voted Harry Gant the Goodies Headache Award of $1,000. Uh, Harry did not have that bad of a day until he was involved in the accident here on the main straightaway and eventually finished 23rd, uh, some five laps off the pace. So $1,000 to Harry Gant as the winner of the Goodies Headache Award and a $250 donation going to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, in Harry Gant's name. Let's take a look at the finishing order. Davey Allison, the winner, finishing second. Darrell Waltrip, Sterling Marlin will run third. Alan Kowicki comes home fourth. Rusty Wallace finishes fifth. Ernie Irvin, sixth. Jimmy Spencer, seventh. Jeff Bodine will finish eighth. Dale Earnhardt, ninth. Morgan Shepard, tenth. Ricky Rudd finishes eleventh. 12th goes to Terry Labonte. Bobby Hamilton will finish 13th. 14th to Brett Bodine. Rick Wilson finishes 15th. Derek Cope, 16th. Kenny Schrader will finish 17th. 18th to Ted Musgrave. Mark Martin will finish 19th. Kyle Petty runs 20th. Bill Sedgwick, 21st. Joe Rutman, 22nd. Harry Gant, 23rd. Michael Walter, 24th. And Bill Elliott round out the top 25. 26th will be Mike Chase. Herschel McGriff finishes 27th. 28th will be Rick Mass. 29th, Butch Gilliland. And 30th spot today will be Chad Little. 31st is the Jimmy Means car with Mike Wallace driving. 32nd, Randy LaJoy. 33rd, Larry Pearson. 34th spot goes to Mark Reed. Dale Jarrett finishes 35th after leading a good part of the day. Stanley Smith, who also led, finished 36th. 37th is Bill Schmidt, 38th spot today will be the Jeff Purvis car. Hut Strickland finishes 39th, Dave Marcus 40th, 41st is Richard Petty, 42nd today, Gary Collins, and finishing 43rd, the first driver out of the race, Kenny Wallace in the Team 3 Pontiac. So our congratulations to Davey Allison, winning today's Pie Royal 500. Of course, the win gets him into the Gatorade circle of champions. Let's check back in the garage one final time. Well, we're still trying to catch up with Bill Sedgwick, who's doing a number of other interviews, and we'll try to get a comment with him in just a moment. Bill Sedgwick will take home the Winston West Championship here today by virtue of his 21st place finish coupled with the 37th place finish for veteran Bill Schmidt out of Redding, California. Two weeks from today, we are back with you at the racetrack at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. The Hardys 500 will ring down the curtain on this 1991 Winston Cup Racing Series. The coverage from Atlanta Motor Speedway begins on Friday the 15th of November with our Bush Pole Show beginning at 2.20 Eastern Time. Then the pit road preview on Saturday, November 16th. That is in addition to the ARCA 500-kilometer race that will be taking place at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And then Sunday, two weeks from today, November 17th, the Hardys 500. MRN will be on the air at 12.30 Eastern Time. And again, not to belabor the point, but we do want to say it again that uh, if you may have heard that there is a sellout, that is not the case. The folks at the Atlanta Motor Speedway have made available for immediate sale an additional 3,500 temporary seats to the Hardys 500. The Atlanta Motor Speedway ticket office open 9 to 5 Monday through Saturday, 1 until 5 o'clock Eastern time on Sundays. So uh, make your ticket plans right now. That should be a dandy of a way to finish up this season, Barney. Going to be an awful lot riding on the line in Atlanta. Just looking here at the Unical Challenge, it goes uh, unclaimed again here today. $167,000, and when we go to Atlanta, if my math works at all, it should be, what, 174800 somewhere in that range. Exactly right. So a lot of money on the line for the Bush Pole winner should he win at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Well, that's going to wrap up our coverage today from 
Phoenix, Arizona. We do want to thank Joe Moore and Alan Bestwick, who covered the turns for us today. Eli. Our pit coverage from Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and that gentleman from whom you've just heard, Winston Kelly, who I trust is now standing by with the Winston West champion, Bill Sedgwick. We are Bill Sedgwick. First of all, congratulations, Winston West champion for 1991. Thank you. i got to thank my sponsor, Spears Manufacturing, Sunoco. You know, Chevrolet, the team's really come together this year. Everything just worked flawless. We'd like to win more races. You know, we won only one, where last year we won four. But, uh, you know, top two and three finishes, what it takes, I guess, consistency. You had a very good run today against a lot of the highly financed Winston Cup teams coming home 21st. Pretty good race for you today. Well, I really don't like riding around in the back. We're off a little bit on the setup, you know, and... And uh, just looking to stay out of trouble and not getting any wrecks, and that's that was my main concern today. That's Bill Sedgwick. He just collected the $10,000 from R.J. Reynolds and the Winston brand of cigarettes. He's the 1991 Winston West champion. So on a day of many winners, Bill Sedgwick is another one of them taking home the Winston West championship here in the 1991 season. We do want to thank those behind the scenes here at MRN who have made our job so easy this afternoon. Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson were on the scoring loop. Our production assistant was Eddie LaRue. We do want to remind you again that This Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, we'll open up our phones toll-free at 1-800-2-NASCAR for another edition of NASCAR Live. And each and every weekday afternoon, Alan Bestwick will be along with NASCAR Today, our daily NASCAR news program from MRN Radio. That's going to do it for us here today in Phoenix, Arizona. Again, in two weeks, the Winston Cup season winds down at the Atlanta Motor Speedway with the Hardys 500. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. I congratulate Congratulations to Davey Allison and the entire Texaco Haviland Ford Thunderbird team winning today's Pie Royal 500 in Phoenix. So long, everybody. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Phoenix International Raceway and sponsored by the Pontiac Grand Prix GTP. Pontiac, we build excitement. By Tyson Holly Farms, the official chicken of NASCAR. By True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value. By Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush life. By TransSouth Financial. TransSouth for the right loan right now. By Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76 by Gatorade Thirst Quencher for that deep down body thirst. By Planters Nuts. If you're a racing nut, eat Planters Nuts. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By Peak Antifreeze. Only Peak gives you peak protection. And by STP, the official car care products of the Daytona 500. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Engineers, Harry Howard and Vince Marzello. Affiliate relations, Clay Stalka and David Hyatt. Assistants, Cheryl Knight, Stephanie Ellis, and Sandy Good. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.